Gio, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. How's going um, good. how's life? Life's good, man. I, I can't complain. I mean, it's nice to be uh, in a in a place where I feel like we're extremely busy. Yeah. Everything we're building uh -huh. is being um, consumed faster than mm -hmm. we can make it, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, dude, that's amazing, incredible. It is. I'm. I honestly don't know if I've ever really taken <clears throat> a full beat or a moment to really mm -hmm. absorb it i kind of yeah. i kind of am in this mode where i'm moving forward pretty quickly and pretty focused uh -huh. so i don't take a lot of time to you know sit back and be like yeah we're we're doing amazing i mean i know there's a lot of great uh -huh. things happening but yeah. i feel like I'm, i've kind of got blinders on yeah um and i'm just really trying to stay focused uh -huh. on on important hey everyone so i guess i should have introduced you I mean, people probably know, you know, from our stories and stuff like that. Gio is actually my neighbor here in Boyle Heights. He's the reason why I have this amazing space next to uh, next to him. Um, and dude, I mean, I'm going up on a year. Wow, that's on amazing. a year, time flies. Time flies. I remember the first time you showed up. Uh huh. And uh, you were talking about moving out of your apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, light bulb went on. I was like, hey, there's a space next mm -hmm. door. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, yeah, let me see it. I know. I mean, dude, it's just, it's so, it's intimidating. You know what I mean? It's like. It's huge. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, and then it was during the pandemic too, or like the beginning of it. Right, right. Where it's like, and I remember thinking like, dude, should I wait? Like. Is this dumb? You know, is this stupid right now to do this? And, you know, at the time they were talking about like lockdowns and or or like, you know, like all these regulations and shit. I was just like, fuck, I don't know. But, you know, I think we had a conversation and I, I, you said one thing that was just really like, uh -oh. maybe you don't even know this, uh -oh. dude. <laughs> but, you know, I was just like, I remember you said something along the lines of like, you know, sometimes the universe opens a door. And you either walk through it or you don't. Right. And right. sometimes you don't, that door doesn't come back, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember true. like Very going, true. yeah. Um, Very true. In life sometimes, and you don't always realize it at that time, mm -hmm. door sitting open right in front yeah. of you and you're like scratching your head going, should I do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're looking around and it's like. Looking for a sign. And it's like, dude, that's, there it is, you know, but it, it it's. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, but just, just that's awesome. Being awesome. terrified and I don't know, man. I do honestly like that. That really, that really helped me. Awesome. Oh, you know, cheers, so cheers to that, man. Yeah, man. Well, it's great to have you as Thanks, a neighbor. Buddy. Yeah, dude. No, I mean, dude. Really it's been, great to have you as a neighbor. Yeah, man. It's been awesome. It's been an honor. Like I've, you know, like it's been cool to see. You know, I don't know, dude. I mean, you saw, you saw when I first moved in. Oh and, yeah. And I was freaking out, and <laughs> I remember. Here's the other thing. Uh, you know, it's like I think like the first week that I was here, I think. I guess you might have. You probably saw how stressed <laughs> and how you know I was, oh, and you're like, man. dude, come on over, man. And I went over to his shop, and uh, you poured me some tequila. <laughs> And I think I was kind of telling you was kind of going in my head and, you know, like the plan. Because at the time I was like, if I work on the room in the front, I just paint it and I just look, you know, make it look some somewhat presentable. And then I'll get a bench in there and then I'll just take start taking in work. 
Because I, I think of, I've never stopped. You know, I've never like not taken in work. Right. And I think I was like nervous. Like, first of all, I'm moving. And, uh, you know, what if a lot of my clients don't follow me? There's that. And then. And it's hard moving out of your own comfortable house oh, situation. It's like it's comfortable. Yeah. It's set up. Yeah. To move and it, everything yeah, out, your yeah, whole business out. Yeah, it's a huge move. Yeah. And not only that, dude, I hate driving. I fucking can't stand it, dude. Right. Uh, dude, that's why I was, I, I'll still prefer to take the bus. Um, wow. But yeah. That was daunting. That's probably a big decision to be like, I got to drive every day. Dude, and it I was. I thought the same thing because I moved out of my uh -huh. home shop. Yeah. And a lot of people have known me from the home shop. Mm -hmm. We spent five years at my house in Silver Lake and we have two houses on the property. And I was fortunate to, to, buy this property uh -huh. 20 years ago, mm -hmm. like 2001. Mm -hmm. And things were pretty cheap back Dude, then. Dude, that's crazy. So we were, you know, we rent out the front house. Jealous. The back house has <laughs> upstairs where Tawny and I live. It's like a little uh -huh. tree house, old Spanish style, yeah. 20s, uh -huh. you know, cool little mm -hmm. spot. But underneath it, there's three garages. Mm -hmm. So I basically took over the garages and had my wood shop outside mm -hmm. alongside the front mm -hmm. house. And, you know, it was like, walk to work every day upstairs yeah. and downstairs uh -huh. and here i was yeah and, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it yeah. was easy yeah. it's easy we'd make lunch every day and sat out under the big avocado tree <sighs> me and the two or three people who were yeah. always working with uh -huh. me or whatever however uh -huh. many one or whatever many people mm -hmm. it was we would make lunches and hang out and um and have like an hour long lunch with like a bottle of wine sometime yeah. <laughs> and take it easy yeah. I mean, we were pretty lax. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. when I thought about moving, and actually my wife, Tawny, mm -hmm. who you know, mm -hmm. she had this space mm -hmm. before I had yeah. my space next door. Yeah. So Tawny's really the one that started this yeah. whole thing. She's an artist, a singer, a songwriter, yeah. a sculptor, a painter, a wire sculptor. Yeah. yeah. So she was looking for a space because, quite honestly, I drove her out of our house uh -huh. with all the noise. Okay? Because I was like in this space of trying to design my own uh -huh. tube amps yeah. and doing repairs because I was doing repairs for like multiple vintage shops around LA. They take in repairs and be like, Hey man, we got another 10 amps. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was doing repairs at the house, which was fairly noisy. Mm -hmm. And then I'm designing my amps and sometimes late into the night, I'm down there just hitting a freaking guitar chord for 20, 30 minutes straight as I'm tweaking, mm -hmm. tweaking a box like this with yeah. a resistor on it or something, changing mm -hmm. voltages, changing mm -hmm. values of stuff. And she's just like, this is insane. I can't work. I can't write music. I can't yeah. do anything uh -huh. with noise happening all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. So she literally was like, I'm going to find another space where I can go and mm -hmm. be creative. Mm -hmm. She found this, literally this physical space. That's crazy. Which Luis's space, you guys yeah, have yeah. Already probably been here, but it's yeah. about a thousand square yeah. feet, like three different rooms. So her and another friend of ours, uh -huh. they basically moved in. Our friend Hill, mm -hmm. who who I helped him build mm -hmm. this room. Mm -hmm. So we actually yeah. floated this floor. You can see some of the Black yeah. Bolt influence yeah, yeah, with yeah. some of the grill cloths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. did the soundproofing on it. We angled the uh -huh. walls, angled the ceilings. Yeah. We did all of yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's crazy. It's so funny because every time somebody <laughs> new comes in and they walk in, especially like when I first moved in, you know, because dude, whatever, I, I threw like, fresh paint, you know, I painted the floors and then, you know, patched some, like some patchwork or whatever. And then people would walk in here and they were like, dude, this is incredible. <laughs> you did this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I would just like, you know, they would just ramble on in my head. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I wish I, and then they're, they're done. I'm like, actually, 
my buddy Gio ended yeah, up doing this. I just, yeah, crazy. I just inherited it, it's you know. Crazy. But it's crazy, but it was like almost like custom built for you. It was, dude. It's, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, I love and, it. And look at you now. I mean, you moved in. The space mm-hmm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You got all your gear in here and doing a podcast. Yeah. Dude, it's cool, man. Within it's, less than a year. Yeah, dude. It's. I mean, dude. That's what I'm saying. But it's like. So what I was gonna say is, I remember I was telling you, it's like, oh, dude, this is the plan and. Blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, dude, it's like, yeah, you you poured me some tequila, and I think we started drinking, and then I was just like, I think I was like, you know, like I already knew the what I was, what I really should have been doing. I think you just really helped me solidify it, you know, like because I was like, I don't know, man. There's a part of me that like I just kind of want, maybe not want to take work and really just focus on the shop and just really build it up and and take my time and do it right, you know, as opposed to like this insane. Now I look back and I'm like insane that would have been so dumb to stop taking and work to yeah to take and work and oh. then pretend like mm-hmm. i would have had the time and the energy at the end of the day to, to work on the right it's like dude no way right because no i remember way. you saying specifically you were like i'm gonna take a few days uh-huh. and paint it yeah, and decorate yeah. Uh-huh. it yeah and then jump back into uh-huh. work yeah. and i think i said something like you're gonna need more than a few yeah days, and I yeah said, you give did. yourself the time yeah, yeah. to setting up a shop it yeah. took me probably three months yeah to build out my yeah. shop yeah so i was like give yourself some time you got to get benches you got to yeah. organize your tools yeah. you got to yeah, get yeah. your workflow yeah. you know yeah. all of that and you were like oh okay i'm like just give yourself yeah. The space yeah i think seeing someone you know it's like it just you know someone that's already done it like tell me that like was just really comforting and just like okay like it, this is okay you know and yeah and just telling my clients hey like i'm gonna take some time but we're all gonna benefit yeah, from it i'm just, coming back bigger and better. yeah just trust me you know and, and it was so cool because awesome. everybody that fear of like oh dude well what if i lose people and blah 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 like you kind of have to go through i had to go through it to like really kind of just understand that no as long as the work is good and you're always who you are like right people are willing to wait right Right. And and that's it, you know, and that's what happened. And, you know, like, I think I, I finally opened up officially, like, at the beginning of March. And and it was cool, you know, I was like, holy shit, I have a I have a shop now. And I've dreamt about this forever. <laughs> and it just and it just happened, you Amazing. know. But again, dude, it's like. It's it is it is wild because. You know, being, I mean, a similar thing happened with, with me and my wife, you know, Moa, and it's like, but we lived in an apartment and we had like the back office was kind of like my shop slash her studio where we were both going to share. But dude, by the end of it, it's like, it looked like a fucking guitar center garage (laughs) or like a warehouse full of guitars and parts everywhere. And, and I remember she went away for something and like she came back earlier than what i thought she was you know and i was freaking out because i heard the door and i was like fuck because i had i had three <laughs> guitars i had one guitar on my bench that i was working on i had a guitar clamped in the living room on that table mm. and then i had my tech box opened in the in the kitchen oh my god with stuff on it <laughs> and i remember she's just like she walked in i was just like oh fuck Oh shit, you know, and I was like, <laughs> all right, like just just give me like 30 minutes and I'll I'll clean everything up or whatever. 
And then uh, she had had a bad day or something, too. And she just came home. I remember she's just like, hey, I, I get it. But it would be nice if the whole if, house wasn't a workshop. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like she's trying to cook or something. I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 baby. And I just remember thinking, oh, yeah. dude, yeah. Get my this router is... out of the sink and get this <laughs> yeah. guitar neck off the yeah. kitchen table. Dude, I would paint. And it's like we had this little balcony, dude. And it's like, dude, I would paint out there. Mm. Dude, all kinds of That's fucked crazy. up. Dude, I remember once I That's did crazy. this uh, this glitter guitar and I sprayed some like this glitter spray. And dude, it just got it. Just a fucking mess, man. Wow. But you know, one of those things where it's like, you do what you have to do, but then also understanding like, hey, maybe it's time for you to, to take that risk mm -hmm. and just... And whatever, fuck it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Right. But at least this is where you're at now. Right. Like, right. You, you, it's something's going to give. Big decision, man. It's scary. It's scary to make those kind of changes. Yeah. And it's a lot of responsibility yeah. and financial responsibility yeah. and all of that. Yeah. It takes a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. And, but it's funny because once I, you know, finally moved out and, you know, pulled the trigger on it and, and got over the fear of just like, okay, like, you know, oh, Everyone is still here. All my clients. Oh, okay, cool. I, it, everything is, seems like it's going to work out. And your workload increased massively oh, as soon dude, as you got in. Like, I remember. Insane. You had dude. your your weight rack. Yeah. was yeah. full of guitars. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. like, this is my, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Had like dude, 50 guitars yeah, waiting yeah, to be repaired dude, or something. It's, you know, wild. It's and, like, yeah. You know, but and then even that, it's like it, 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 um, it helped our relationship too in the sense where it's like, Oh, okay. Like a lot of our tension was coming from that, you know, like yeah, the importance of space, right? You know, and, oh man, and now it's you go like, home and probably have like a regular home relationship, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's nice too because like you know, like I had certain clients that were like, hey man, like I know it's a little too far for me, like like is there any way I can drop off at the house? And it's like just being like, no, this is my home, and right. and. Right. If you don't respect that, like, I'm sorry, you know, like, right. if, I, if I'm too far for you, I get it. Totally cool. Like, right. you know, there's, there's a lot of good people out there. Like, I'm just, I just, I, I need that fucking space right. so much now, right. you know, and it is nice to like, whatever I'll do, I'll do late nights here. But once, once I'm home, that's it. I, right. I it's not right. in your face where it's like when we were there, you know, I'd be watching the movie, trying to relax and I'm looking over and it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, there it is. It's fucking staring at me, you know, like right. just fucking with There's you, man. So and so's Telecaster over there. I need yeah, to finish. exactly. You know, so no, man, it's been cool. But honestly, dude, like, um, like you helped me out a lot, man. Awesome, man. And, and I really, really, Thanks, really appreciate like, you. Yeah, appreciate you saying that. Yeah, man. I'm so stoked yeah. you're here, and yeah, it's been great seeing you grow. And yeah. Great having you as a neighbor. Yeah, man, man dude. Boyle stuff. Heights, man. Yeah, Boyle Heights. You know, <laughs> we're trying to do a thing out here. We're trying to get more people to come to to the east side yeah it's a cool vibe man it's a great vibe it's mellow it's quiet there's no traffic over here there's a park at the end of our street you know how long have you been here i've been here four years now mm -hmm. four years and so I let's pick up five years sorry let's pick up where because I, I think it's an interesting story so tawny moved here right and then you followed her here. The space next door to her. <laughs> there, so she's an artist. Yeah. The space next door to her was another artist mm -hmm. who was getting bigger and doing bigger mm -hmm. things and mm -hmm. starting to show up museums mm -hmm. or something. So she moved out mm -hmm. 
And Tawny was like, why don't you take the space next mm-hmm. door? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be yeah. open. And I was like, oh, rent? Like, I don't really pay rent yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Or it was minimal, whatever. I was yeah. paying us for like tax reasons mm-hmm. or whatever at the house. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So I was like, oh, rent. And I got to build benches into the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's not really a wood shop because mm-hmm. there was no wood shop. Um, you know, we have a full wood shop behind our electronic shop that I basically built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So, um, sort of long story short, I moved in, but Tawny said, listen, you can't blow me out. Mm-hmm. You can't come here and be super loud yeah. because yeah. I have peace here. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, after I got all set up mm-hmm. and I moved in, mm-hmm. I'm loud. Yeah. He is I'm loud. a loud motherfucker. <laughs> Am I loud? <laughs> no, dude, it's red. I don't mind it. <laughs> and I, I like it. It brings, you know what it makes me feel like? It makes me feel like, dude, that fucking guy is working and he's doing stuff. Get off your fucking phone, get off Instagram, and then get to work. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like that little yeah. reminder of like, oh, that's right. Dude, come on, man. Shit's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I basically. Make some noise too, so you know? So I basically, even through the walls, yeah. the two separate yeah, yeah, yeah. spaces. Uh-huh. I drove her out of here uh-huh. and I feel bad about it because I drove her out of the house. She's like, I'm finding my own damn yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go pay rent somewhere yeah, to get yeah. an art space that I can think in. And then she's in her art space thinking and it's like, wow, yeah. you know, some, someone shows up, some rock star shows yeah, up yeah. and we're jamming at yeah. full volume and it's yeah. like, I'm filming or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so she left. Yeah. She's like, screw you. I'm moving back to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she went back to the uh-huh. house, set up my old garage. Mm-hmm. We cleared out the garage, mm-hmm. put her sculpture studio in uh-huh. there, got the music studio yeah. set up. Everything's all yeah. set up. Yeah. So we have a music space and yeah. an art space for her mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And she moved out and the space became available. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Weird how certain <laughs> things just work out. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was not easy because she was pissed at me. She's like... You're like driving me insane with all this volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and like bands would come walking down our driveway three, four times a day. Yeah. Musicians, bands, yeah. you know, it'd be like anybody, yeah. Fleet Foxes, Beck, you know, his yeah. band, whatever, mm-hmm. like whoever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, well, shit, and we'd be doing the thing. And, yeah. <laughs> and then we pulled, then we pulled a, um, we pulled a trailer in to the yard in Silver Lake. Have you ever been to the Silver Lake? I have not, but you know what? I just, I, I, I'm trying to think how I discovered you as a company in the beginning. I, th- it, it, I think, I mean, I think it was Instagram. I think through a tag or something or something. And I mean, dude, they're, they're visually stunning, you know, yeah. like they're so eye catching. It's like eye candy. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, I mean, the power of social media, you right. know, one of the good things, but followed your page and then, you know, went to, cause it must've been, ah, oh, dude, I don't know, man. But I remember like I ended up on your page on your website and then saw what you're about to say about this trailer thing. And I remember thinking, fuck, that's fucking badass, you know? But uh, I think, dude, I think at the time I had like, I was still working at Guitar Center, dude. I, I think I had like a solid state amp because it was the only thing I could afford. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, but I remember thinking like, oh, like if I ever need like an amp repair or something, you know, I got to hit this guy up or yeah, something, you awesome. know. But anyways, so your the trailer. trailer story. So yeah. the trailer was part of an effort to contain the sound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was like the first like Black Volt showroom. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> basically myself and Curran, you know Curran McDowell? I don't think Curran's so. Curran's great. Curran's amazing. He's a yeah. great drummer and he's a 
steel player mm-hmm. and guitar player and all kinds of cool stuff. But he's been a big supporter of mine and kind of a partner for years. He was mm-hmm. working with me for mm-hmm. years um, at the house. And me and Curran like went out to lunch or something. And we saw on Silver Lake Boulevard and Bellevue mm-hmm. by the mobile station, by mm-hmm. the 101 entrance, mm-hmm. there was a huge like Beacons Moving Company or mm-hmm. something. It was like a thing right there. Huge building around the corner. It's all about moving and storage or mm-hmm. whatever. And they were closing down and they sold the building and they were like, sign outside that mm-hmm. said selling all storage containers mm-hmm. in this yard mm-hmm. inquire or whatever mm-hmm. so we're like looking at each other yeah and we were trying to we actually had a whisper room mm-hmm. we bought like a whisper room from somebody you know those whisper rooms like sound yeah yeah, yeah 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 we bought one of those uh-huh. that was literally in my freaking yard in silver uh-huh. lake and it rained one night uh-huh. and it starts pouring through the roof i'm out there at three o'clock in the morning uh-huh. i'm pulling guitars and amps out of a water-soaked whisper room and i had plastic on the roof but it like caved in yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous yeah, yeah. like all right we got to do something real because i was trying to soundproof <laughs> yeah. my, my noise uh-huh. and this is what we do it's like yeah. amplifiers amplify yeah. shit yeah you know <laughs> yeah. and some of these are really loud yeah and you know there's a house four feet from me mm-hmm. in silver lake on this side mm-hmm. and then across the yard there's another one Mm-hmm. 30 feet away over mm-hmm. there. And so we had the whisper room that didn't work out. We sold it. Fortunately, I was able to sell it to Holy somebody. Shit. So we got our money out of it. Yeah. And then, um, we walked into that mm-hmm. beacons storage, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was like this 40 foot trailer. It was like mm-hmm. from 1930 mm-hmm. had this rounded front on it. You'd hook up like a tractor trailer, uh-huh. like a truck yeah, to yeah, it yeah, and yeah. tow it down the road in 1940. Yeah. yeah. And like move your house or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was an original like old school moving yeah. truck and it had two doors on the mm-hmm. sides that opened up. Yeah. Two big doors in the back. So like we saw that thing, we walked inside of it and I remember me and Curtin, it was like a, a mechanic had it, like mm-hmm. a, some sort of auto mm-hmm. mechanic or truck mechanic yeah. it was covered in grease and oil and Playboy pictures on the on the walls, That's still so cool. stuck yeah, on the yeah. walls. It was yeah. like plywood on the walls yeah. and metal framed like- yeah. You know, it was crazy. We were just like, our eyes were just, oh my God, this yeah. is amazing. It was like this room, yeah. like 40 feet long. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> With dude. no soundproofing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like 1200 bucks. <laughs> so we went in and talked to the lady and we're like, if you can get this thing towed up the mm-hmm. street to my house, it was mm-hmm. like a block away. Mm-hmm. We'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, all right, we'll talk to the driver and see what we can do. And she mm-hmm. called me the next day and was like, yeah, we can have it towed up tomorrow mm-hmm. and bring us the money. And mm-hmm. We're like, all right. So they they did, and the guy drives the thing up the street, and I hired like a massive like a construction company, mm-hmm. like huge like forklifts and mm-hmm. and stuff to come. I hired them mm-hmm. to come basically move the trailer into the yard. So I had to go down the driveway, uh-huh. past the front house, uh-huh. and then around between the two houses and sit on one side of the yard. So I told the the driver, I said, "Listen, I'm not paying you mm-hmm. until I make sure I can get this thing." in the mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. because it's so big yeah yeah, we had yeah to get it down the driveway yeah. and then turn it around with these like construction uh-huh. forklifts that were made for really heavy duty yeah. loads holy shit dude yeah so it was crazy <laughs> so the driver uh-huh. he's waiting for his money uh-huh. the guy's driving the truck yeah he's out front on the street uh-huh. and then the forklifts are like pulling the thing down the driveway mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit we gotta pull it back i'm moving uh-huh. over yeah, it's yeah. gonna tear the tree down i'm gonna get the rain gutters and uh-huh. all this crazy stuff yeah. and we get it down the driveway and then we had to turn it around like 180 yeah so we get it down there and it was like 
Three hours later, the driver's like, listen, man, he's walking down my driveway. Yeah. I need the money. I yeah, can't yeah. stand here all day yeah, waiting yeah. for your ass. Yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, if it won't fit in my uh-huh. property, I'm not buying the trailer. I'm yeah. not going to leave it on the street for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. And be out $1,200 plus the cost of, the, you know, yeah. $1,000 for this <laughs> construction company or whatever. This poor fucking guy. So he's really pissed off. Yeah. And he's like, you know, old school dude with like a beard and big belt buckle and like yeah. cowboy boots. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, this is fucking bullshit, man. And I was like, just deal with it or go have lunch and come mm-hmm. back, whatever. And we got the thing halfway turned around and the forklifts weren't quite heavy duty enough to really like lift it and move uh-huh. it. And one of those arms, like when they take it off the truck, mm-hmm. the arms broke and the thing leaned over into my house and it was about to, it was like teetering on the one arm and the other one's pushed in and it's just like teetering. And it was so insane. He broke the huge avocado tree, uh-huh. broke like half of the yeah. branches off of it. The leg broke. He had to lift the thing up and move it over and get it against the side of the property. It was insane. <laughs> we would have been better off with like a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a military helicopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we got the thing in after hours. I paid the guy. Everyone left. And we were just like, oh my God. It was insane. It was funny. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? We immediately started like, soundproofing it yeah we ran electrical to it yeah from the main breaker box for my house ran a rigid conduit mm-hmm. over yeah also i'm, I'm like a licensed general yeah. contractor i have my yeah. license so i've like built stuff my yeah. brother owns restaurants uh-huh. so i built some of his restaurants uh-huh. i got my license i used yeah. to do like loft conversion yeah like i was seeing downtown mm-hmm. la starting to develop mm-hmm. 20 years ago mm-hmm. going wow there's all this empty space and so i was kind of yeah, like yeah, dabbling yeah. in that uh-huh. for a minute you know, after I was doing, I was doing music full time for mm-hmm. years. That's all I was doing was mm-hmm. professionally doing studio stuff mm-hmm. and playing and studio and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was a little bit like, I'm kind of trying some different stuff. So, so I, I definitely understand the entire construction process. Mm-hmm. So we literally like rigid conduit from the box to the trailer, mm-hmm. wired it all up, mm-hmm. built a room within a room, mm-hmm. floated the floors, mm-hmm. built a full on, full blown soundproof yeah. space. So at the end of that, and you know, a lot of money later. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we just um, had a fully soundproofed, like jam space, showroom, mm-hmm. recording space, right there outside the garage mm-hmm. between the two houses, mm-hmm. and we could go in there at any given point and mm-hmm. rock out at full mm-hmm. volume. You could barely hear it. Mm-hmm. It's just like a whisper. Yeah, which was amazing in Silver Lake and the hills of Silver yeah. Lake to just be like playing full volume drums bass whoever whatever just like here we Mm go (laughs) fuck man yeah and it's still there yeah it's still there i was gonna ask you the only way it's ever coming Uh out is with a helicopter (laughs) because now it weighs about fucking five tons more yeah than it weighed when it came in yeah (laughs) dude that is wild man yeah it was i mean i look back and just go man i'm let's be what year was that (laughs) um it was probably i mean i started black bolt in like 2014 Mm -hmm. So Black Bolt's only really been in existence for about eight, eight years, mm-hmm. seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. It's not really that long. So I was there for four-ish years and here for four-ish years. It's been about eight years. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's maybe talk so, about about that. Like, um, how'd you... Are you good? Do you want more? I'm good. A little splashy splash? I'm trying to take it slow. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Just taking it slow, y'all. <laughs> I know. I'm like... It's good, though. I know. Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Trace, Trace. dude. <laughs> Come on, sponsor us, son. Uh, yeah. So, how'd you how'd you get into it? I mean, dude, I first time I I met you in person was because one of my client, I guess a mutual client whose name is also Geo. Ah. Uh, I worked on his guitars 
and Gio Leone. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Gio's great. Love Gio. Shout out Gio. What's, What's up, buddy? Gio, Gio Leone. Um, and I'm a Gio L too. You are? Gio Lori. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Gio Leone. And he actually played in Tawny's band with us for a while. Yeah. So we played together quite mm -hmm. a bit as well. That boy can play, man. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's a good great. steel player yeah. too. Um, but he Gio had another spot in the corner. This Gio. Yeah, you. <laughs> uh, and that became your showroom. That was the next Black Bolt showroom. That was the next Black Bolt yeah. showroom. And it was amazing. I remember I walked in there and I was like, this is what I've been dreaming of. As far as like the Me aesthetics too. of Me it <laughs> and everything. Uh, I was like, holy fuck, brick wall. Like, uh, dude. Chandeliers. Yeah, oh, dude, so I beautiful. the floors, the concrete floors, red ground them out, diamond blades. Yeah. Stained them red. Dude, beautiful, red. man. Dude, beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, man. Anyways, we, uh, I remember we walked in and you were, you, you had a show. Like for your like, I think it was the opening. very first one. Did I you think very, so, did man. You go to the very first one. I think before so. Before there was even a bathroom in it. I think so. Weren't you there then? Yes, day? because we had to walk through the back to come to your shop to use that restroom. Yeah. So I think Mo had to pee or something like that. Yeah, and you came like, to the other the shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You were at that yeah. first show. Yeah, we did, dude. We did meet that night. Talked a little bit. Yeah. 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 And I was just, dude. I was just kind of blown away. I was like, dude, fuck, man. Uh, I remember I was like. Not that I had it, dude. I, was, I remember I, I got pretty drunk. <laughs> and then I was like, I told mom, I was like, I think I'm going to buy one of his amps right now. Oh. And then she's like, babe, just, just we're not rolling like that yet. You know what I mean? It's like, but anyways, dude, that's like, I remember that's when I met you. And I was just like, dude, this is fucking rad. And I, I got to see your amps. And then I saw you again at NAM, And then, you know, I just, and then I just kept running into you. And then. Right. I think that night the Mastersons played. Yes, dude. And I was just like... Yeah, we had a bunch of different folks. Dude, play. it was a good time, man. It was a... James Trussart was there. Yeah, yeah. Olivier, who works with Trussart, yeah. worked with him for yeah. years, who now works with me building yeah. guitars. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Tawny played. Yeah. We did like some old new ones. Uh, Fabian. Fabian Jolivet. Yes. Grumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grumps yeah, played Grumps. drums. Yeah, first, he did. I think it was a second time I met uh -huh. Grumps. Mm -hmm. but the Mastersons recommended Grumps to come play. He's kind of a crazy dude. He's weird, but he's really cool and he's really wacky. Mm -hmm. He's a great drummer. And mm -hmm. it's like all this, like, yeah. And he came and played drums with us and mm -hmm. ended up working with me mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. um, really, you know, really interesting yeah. guy, really cool guy. Yeah. Um, he played drums that night. Dude, yeah. That I was mean... really inspired by, because um, the space wasn't done. I was mm -hmm. working on the space. Mm -hmm. I was like breaking stucco off the freaking mm -hmm. brick walls yeah. myself. I did most of that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then I hired people to come in and help at some uh -huh. point, but we were redoing the place. But um, Doyle's Coils, you know, Doyle's Coils, um, clones, true clones, Doyle, um, I think Max is the guy that runs it. Mm -hmm. um, Doyle, spacing on his last name, he worked with Les Paul, Tom Doyle. Uh huh. Worked with Les Paul his whole life. Uh huh. He was with Les Paul for yeah. like 50 years uh -huh. until Les passed away. Uh -huh. Tom Doyle, he was on the cover of one of the guitar player magazines where he's got like one of Les Paul's like original guitars. Mm -hmm. and he was at the NAMM show doing talks yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. He knows less, he knows everything Les Paul knows yeah. pretty much. Yeah. He's just not Les Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those guys were going to do an event here in LA mm -hmm. and they basically have taken on Les Paul's work, mm -hmm. recreating Les Paul's original mm -hmm. humbucker ideas, mm -hmm. which he didn't want him to be woofy and too mm -hmm. low endy and have the clarity, but still yeah. have the... the yeah distortion of a, of uh -huh. a humbucker and so they're making doyle's coils which are really great pickups and they do 
Les Pauls, these clones of like ageless Pauls. Yeah. They're doing really great yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted to do an event in LA and they were going to feature Chris Masterson because mm-hmm. Chris Masterson mm-hmm. has one of their guitars. Mm-hmm. We love Chris Masterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Mastersons are yeah. awesome. And Chris plays. Dude, they live like up the street from me, yeah, which is so crazy. Yeah, they're right up the street from yeah, me. Yeah, so it's insane. And Chris is part of the family and he plays Black Bolt Amps, which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we love those guys. Um, but they, they were going to feature Chris as one of their players. Uh huh. To show off their guitars and their pickups yeah. and stuff, and they didn't really have a venue, so he, I think Chris might have recommended me, mm-hmm. but then they called me up and we're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're thinking about doing this event," mm-hmm. and we were like, "Yeah, let's do something cool, like some nice cheeses and wines and some drinks, and we'll mm-hmm. have some little performances mm-hmm. and people can just hang." and mm-hmm. And we were like, "All right." So the space was not done, mm-hmm. and we literally I demoed the bathroom mm-hmm. out completely. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but like a orange drain pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. We were like, we'll try to get it done enough to uh-huh. throw an event, which yeah. we did. We put a sound system yeah. in, we got some lights, and we made it yeah. movie. You know, it's like a bombed out, mm-hmm. you know, old 1908 building, mm-hmm. brick brick mm-hmm. walls and stuff. So he backed out at the last minute. Like two weeks before, he was like, hey, listen, we're not going to be able to make it. I got uh-huh. some personal issues and yeah. blah, 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 and all this stuff. And they backed out. Yeah. And we ended up saying, you know what? Okay. Talked to Chris and everyone who was involved. Uh-huh. And we're like, you want to just do it? Yeah. And I had, you know six of James Trussard's mm-hmm. guitars on the wall and a bunch of vintage mm-hmm. guitars. SS Vintage from Chicago sent me 20 guitars to yeah. on the wall, which was amazing. Yeah. These guys are insane. Insanely cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super supportive. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scott Silver and, and company and George. So so we said, let's do it. Let's do it. So we did the event and that's uh-huh. that was the yeah. night. That was that first night. Yeah. Dude, wild, man. That's crazy. But yeah, I remember that's when I discovered this whole area. I was like, and then like I said, the other geo, it's like either I had a piss or Mo had a pee or some shit, but he walked us to your shop. And that's the first time I actually saw it. You know, mm. going down the little stairs, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> fuck, man! This is it's fucking crazy. red, man!" You know, everywhere, dude. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's like, like a museum. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a madman <laughs> lab, dude. But it's cool, dude. It's it's so rad to go. And I always tell you, man. I always I always give you compliments on like the the patina. You know, like the the real. You walk into his shop and it looks like he's been there for like 50 years, <laughs> you know, but it's cool. It's like these old radios and, and things, stuff, stuff like, yeah, this. stuff like this. And he was trying to explain to me earlier what it was and we'll get into it, yeah. but it's like, dude, it just, <laughs> just looks cool. I don't know. Again, I don't know what the fuck it does. He explained to me. I'm like, dude, sure, man. All right. <laughs> Sounds cool. We'll get into it. Um, but, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a cool area and, and and it's just it's it's weird to like yeah now i'm now i'm here you know but back to so how you got started because he that's what i was gonna say i was like how the fuck i started telling this story about this party thing because you were playing bass and i was oh, like yeah. yeah yeah stand up and oh like, yeah we ended bass. up going into some jams later. yeah 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 and i was just and, like yeah. dude fuck man like <laughs> You can play, you know, and I don't mean that like oh, just you, know, you just never know, you know. I mean, right. so many luthiers that do they can play barely play a C chord, you know, and <laughs> right, it's like whatever, right. like nothing, like it's. It, I don't mean that as like a like talking shit, but it's like, dude, you were like, you really play, man. I was like, holy Thanks, fuck, man. dude. You. And um, so that's when I knew that you were a player, and you know, like more that I've talked to you and stuff like that. So, so because I don't think I even know. I was like, where are we? like originally from and how'd was, you end up here and the whole music stuff and... i was actually born in fullerton sunny okay. fullerton california 
Damn, dude. Which is basically in the shadows of the Fender factory. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was a surfer and musician and all mm -hmm. that and a skateboarder. Total like Southern California uh -huh. dude. Right on, dude. You know, I had hair down to my yeah. waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I, even though I wasn't, it's so weird because like, obviously the music thing was part of my life. Mm -hmm. I was always into music and my friends as teenagers, their dads had like classic Fender stuff. Yeah. Marshall stuff and all that. But, um, I don't know. It just, it really, it, it soaked into my mm -hmm. genes, you know, mm -hmm. like that whole thing. Um, but I, and, and I actually like, nobody even knows, but like I made my first guitar when I was like, was like 12 years oh, old. Gee, yeah, I, so I made a guitar when I was like 12. It's like a plywood box. that shaped like a star for the like horns. Oh, really? like cut down two by four as yeah. a neck, just four tuners on yeah. it, half a pipe cut down for the brick. I mean, it's like a full on little yeah. guitar. 12 dude what inspired that <laughs> i have no idea i didn't start playing clarinet till i was about 12 or 13 uh -huh. my first instrument yeah holy shit so i'm dude. Too, I, and, my, and i think my mom still has it like in her attic uh -huh. or something oh dude but i look back and uh -huh. go what was i doing yeah. building a guitar at 12 years old yeah <laughs> dude that's pretty badass man it's insane because <laughs> it's super like i'm gonna it's like you know it's like this my family's 100 percent italian yeah so it's like this old school Italian, like, you know, tough is like an oak tree kind yeah. of thing, like this will of yeah. like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to get it done. Or yeah. I'm going to learn how to do it and get this thing done. Yeah. Yeah, even yeah, if yeah. I'm just like forging out some whole new path, Yeah, you know, which yeah, was yeah. building like completely, you know, a whole like aesthetic and line and sound mm -hmm. of an amp mm -hmm. from scratch, you know, it was like mm -hmm. a whole <laughs> Yeah, 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 thing. yeah, yeah. You know, it takes so much force yeah. to like birth something as you know building your shop and mm -hmm. changing your whole thing it's mm -hmm. like it takes a lot but taking something you know out of just you know scrap yeah left behind goods yeah you know, salvaged wood yeah. old components yeah. almost everything i built yeah. originally was uh -huh. all out of like salvaged military uh -huh. gear and yeah. old components and old everything yeah it was, it was pretty crazy did you maybe because for me like i moved out here for the music, you know, being in bands, doing that shit or whatever, hoping that, you know, oh, cool, you know, like becoming super famous and whatever the, right. you know, the, the, the dream as they say it. But, um, and then, you know, like, where did you, where were you born? Texas. Texas, El Paso. Right. El Paso. El Paso. It's a Texas, small town, baby. right? Oh, dude. I mean, not, it's not anymore, but, but it, 20, it, 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, dude. You know, it's just like, and it's, it's a border town. I think that's what's special about. El Paso, because like I talked to so many friends, and you know they're like, "Oh yeah, El Paso." Like I drove through there. Everybody just fucking drives <laughs> through there, you know. Yeah, it's man. like it's not a place people hang out. It's not, and dude, trust me, I get it. I understand <laughs> that. It's like, and then growing like now that I've you know I've lived in LA for almost twelve years, and it's like, I I it makes you appreciate when you're not where you're from more. Where it's like now I look back and it's like, oh, like I really love it. I love what it is but when you're when you grow up you know rebellious and man fuck this place i want to i want to go to la and you know fucking yeah the concrete jungle and a lot of people do it you know and it's just like but now i appreciate what it is and and i love it and you know shout out to my el paso peeps and mm -hmm. Wattis and mm -hmm. you know it's like but so i so i think it's not but i always dabbled with like me personally i was very tactile like my i've told you something my dad made boots 
Unfortunately, I didn't have any interest in it. I thought it was so dumb. Right. It's like, dude, you're making boots. Like, I don't want to touch feet. And <laughs> fuck that. That's gross. You know, and now I'm like. He was a craftsman. Holy fuck. You know, but I've always been tacked on like, like, you know, using his tools and same thing, dude, making, making pedal board. Like when I got into guitar, like using his bandsaw and shit that I shouldn't have been touching. Like, thank mm. God and fucking cut a <laughs> limb or anything like that, you know, just figuring it out. Right. You know, but, um, so moving here and then, you know, like being like, oh, you know, doing the, doing the music stuff, but also like, and I really have this weird like interest in like the mechanics of the instrument and obsessed with leo and right all that you know just like an, an obsession that i just i don't right. know where the fuck it came or just why is okay cool like i'm playing this thing and it's cool but why is it cool and what what do I like about and why it? Why has it survived since yeah, 1940? Yeah, exactly. You know, so all these things, and then getting into it, and you know, like I went to school for it, and that really was just kind of like the you know, like I didn't learn. Everyone's always like, "Oh, cool, you went to school, you learned everything." It's like, dude, no. It's like it was just like a, a it's just a, a part part of your foundation. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like working with other luthiers around town and other shops, and just just loving it, man. Just like loving. All that's, but I guess it's not. It's like you know, the um, the muse. I followed the music muse here, and then that led me to this. You know, but it for me, I had to go through that in order for me to discover this other thing. Right. You know. So I guess what right, right. like for you was it always like yeah, it was I'm going to build same. same. Okay. No, because oh. I when I came here, oh. dude, I was I was like. Going to medical school. Yeah, UCI. It's one of the best biology programs in the country. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to be a surgeon. And uh, that was what I was aiming towards, like heart or brain, uh -huh. heart surgeon, brain yeah. surgeon. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do uh -huh. this right. And so as I got in there, sort of meeting with counselors and got sort of got set up, it was like, I realized I had another probably 12 years mm -hmm. of school. Mm -hmm. another How old were you? When two, three. I was probably, I just, two years out of high school. So I was oh, probably shit. 18, okay, cool. 18 or 19. Uh -huh. And, uh, and I was like, wow, 12 more years of school, another two to three years of there and then specializing in uh -huh. something and then you know, interning somewhere uh -huh. and spent, you know, I mean, it was like, it was like a dozen yeah. years to do yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. level. Yeah. 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 And I didn't want to just be like, Hey, I'm a family practitioner. Or like, you know, yeah. <laughs> bend over, <laughs> you know, it's like, I wasn't into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be like the hard shit. Yeah. The real shit. I was looking yeah. at like, you know, studies of like open skull surgery where they're giving people like electrical charges and yeah. then recalling memories of uh -huh. when they were like little yeah. stuff they never would have remembered two, yeah. three, four, five yeah, years yeah, yeah. old, stuff uh -huh. that people forgot about uh -huh. years ago, experiences and whatever. Uh -huh. And they were conscious mm -hmm. and their brain was open. Their skull mm -hmm. was cut open and they're charging it because it's electrical. I guess it's kind of similar to what I do now. Yeah, yeah, electrical yeah. impulses yeah, yeah. in an open live circuit. Yeah. <laughs> so somehow I guess I accomplished yeah. that. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> so then what was the change? What was so the, as we were saying, like uh -huh. following your your dream of uh -huh. music to to the big city, mm -hmm. you know, the glowing light mm -hmm. over the hill. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was in I was in multiple bands, mm -hmm. was always in different bands, and I was um, you know my brother and I played. He played guitar and I played bass, and and I was also you know 
aspiring guitarist, mm-hmm. but he was like the, you know, winning like the guitar contest playing Eddie Van Halen yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Could play Eruption. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were in different bands and um, I was in one band with, with um, you know, with some folks that were like kind of getting serious and coming to LA and playing oh. shows. And one of the guys in the band, he was like, look, let's move to LA. Mm-hmm. He was also from, mm-hmm. you know, that area, Fullerton mm-hmm. area. And I'll like get us a house, mm-hmm. get us a place or whatever. And, you know, just start paying rent when you mm-hmm. can. So he made it really easy for me Shit, to just man. be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And I was like, I was painting. Uh-huh. I was drawing. Uh-huh. I was doing like, you know, muscular system, skeletal systems, mm-hmm. draw- drawings, nervous system mm-hmm. drawings, like all the mm-hmm. bi- biological stuff I was yeah. studying. I was doing it to learn it even more intensely uh-huh. and, and more intimately. Uh-huh. So I was, I, I'm an artist yeah. and I was very beautiful drawings yeah. of all of this, yeah. you know, every bone in the body uh-huh. kind of thing. So I was doing all that and I was a musician and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we literally, my parents, story goes, mm-hmm. my parents were in Hawaii for two weeks mm-hmm. on vacation and I literally dropped out of school, dropped all my classes, <laughs> literally cashed out of, cashed out of the fucking school thing. It was like, I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah. Moved out before my parents got home. Oh, man. And we literally moved in to a studio in Hollywood. Uh-huh. It was a dance studio. Uh-huh. And there was two studios, big Botrus building. Mm-hmm. And the middle one was like a loft. Mm-hmm. Just one of those hidden away mm-hmm. buildings in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And we moved into that, that loft, me and two other guys. So three mm-hmm. of us moved in. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the year 90... 95, 94, mm-hmm. 95. Yeah. So it was like 20 something years ago, 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. Shit, it was a man. while ago. Yeah. So we literally, you know, a bunch of youngsters move into mm-hmm. Hollywood, move into this building mm-hmm. and just started trying to figure it out. And we were playing shows and stuff. And um, the woman who owned the building asked us if we could like close up for it at night sometime mm-hmm. because there was people doing dance shows mm-hmm. and bands rehearsing mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I remember one specific, just to give you an idea, mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, Michael Jackson mm-hmm. was in one of the studios mm-hmm. rehearsing something uh-huh. and the other studio was Prince and in the alley behind it uh-huh. was like Destiny's Child uh-huh. filming a video uh-huh. all in one night. Yeah. So it was like Michael Jackson, Prince and like Beyonce yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before she was really, it was Destiny's yeah, yeah, Child. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were all in the same blo- mm-hmm. like corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. And we were like left to like close up the studio that night. So we were like, you know, all in the middle yeah. of all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. which was insane. Yeah. Because there was like a private room with the two-way mirror that we could yeah. actually go into one of the uh-huh. studios and see like yeah. those guys dancing yeah. and doing their thing. Shit. It was crazy. It was crazy. So I just like dove into Hollywood, uh-huh. was in bands and became like, you know, in, in multiple bands, but beside the band I was mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. got involved with the Black Eyed Peas mm-hmm. and was in the Black Eyed mm-hmm. Peas like early on yeah. and helped develop their thing and was yeah. playing with them and yeah. recording with yeah. them and Easy E signed us uh-huh. from NWA. Yeah. So Easy E formed a record label called Ruthless Records, uh-huh. signed the Black Eyed Peas, yeah. you know, and there's a whole story behind that. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was more bass was mm-hmm. more my thing. I was playing yeah. upright, which yeah, was yeah. a really unique thing. Uh-huh. You're playing upright and there was all this stuff going on Yeah. and I was playing jazz. I was playing mm-hmm. orchestral. I was like studying orchestral music. I was really trying to get my act together on the upright because it's a fretless uh, instrument. It's a hard instrument to master. Yeah. So I was doing that and I was playing with Jack Johnson. He moved here from Hawaii. 
and moved to Santa Barbara. And a friend of ours, they met in the water uh-huh. at Pipeline. At Pipe, they're like in the water. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm moving to like yeah. LA coming up yeah. pretty soon to like forward my music uh-huh. career. And my buddy was like, oh man, you got to meet my buddy. Mm-hmm. He's a great bass player. And mm-hmm. So we started playing and mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. I started like recording some of his early demos because I had a house in Echo uh-huh. Park that I built a studio into. So I was producing Jack's, some of his early stuff. Dude, that's crazy, and man. And him and the Malloys, the Malloys, Emmett Malloy was his manager uh-huh. and they were making some surf films uh-huh. and Jack had a couple songs yeah. in those films. So there was this underground following of the surf community that was showing up when Jack got to LA and we started playing, it was like the Mint and all these local mm-hmm. like LA clubs yeah, yeah, yeah. and like two, 300 people would show up, Yeah, you know, which was crazy. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy, man. <laughs> And like Everlast, when Everlast uh-huh. left House of Pain, yeah, I started working with Everlast mm-hmm. and um, recording his first big solo record, which is Whitey Ford Sings the Blues. Then you really might know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to lose. I did all the string arranging on that. Uh-huh. And, like twisted their their arms. The SD50s, Stimulated Dummies, were their mm-hmm. his producers. Mm-hmm. Two um, white guys mm-hmm. from from like Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who didn't know shit about a violin yeah yeah yeah. i was like man i'm working with a 52-piece orchestra like let's yeah. record live strings on yeah. this yeah and they were like yo b yeah we don't know shit about that yeah. b <laughs> you know what's what's yeah. the budget b yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like i was like yeah they, they gave me a budget and we recorded a full string section and i conducted it and wrote the whole thing and two months later it was like on the radio like everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Fuck. Okay, so then you're <laughs> so going down. Amazing. It seems like it's like it's like amazing. It's incredible. Then what made like the like the the little turn? You know that you're like, hey, I think I want to fucking build some amps. Like, where'd that come from? Um, I think all the way through being a musician, all those uh-huh. years, I was obsessed with tone mm-hmm. and i was obsessed with trying to make stuff work right because mm-hmm. as you know and every musician who's probably you know owns a piece of gear knows that at some point especially if it's mm-hmm. vintage gear it mm-hmm. needs maintenance or it's rattling or the yeah. speaker blows or a tube mm-hmm. blows or something goes so you know if i'm going into a session i was like you know i want my stuff to be really good and um you know really want to be on and really want to have my gear together uh-huh. and my stuff together yeah yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, uh, so, so basically I just, I was just, before I really knew much about the science Mm -hmm. of it, I was just kind of, I guess I had a, an ear for Mm -hmm. it and a feel for trying Mm -hmm. to like improve my own stuff Mm -hmm. and, and was doing that, was doing that for a while. But I guess at some point, um, when around, I don't know, a few years later around, Mm -hmm you know, 2000 ish or whatever. I ended up buying a house in Echo Park. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, wow, like I made some money doing mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a ton of money. I wasn't like I'm retiring or anything. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. just made some money. I was like, I literally bought one of those old Victorian houses uh-huh. in um, Angelino Heights. Holy sh- dude. Yeah. It was like windows were out of the uh-huh. upstairs. It's had scaffolding yeah, around yeah. it. It was I mean, most, most people don't know, like if you're not from LA or whatever, but I mean, it's like the two places, I mean, Echo Park and Silver Lake. It's like hot spot. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, I was, I was never here. I mean, dude, I moved here when I was, it was 2009, you know, not a clue. No idea, dude. Fucking no clue what was going on. I kind of miss it, to be honest with you. Like the, the ignorance of like not knowing that 
that uh you know like the whole thing that was happening with the stock market the housing market like yeah. dude i was I didn't either oblivious i really it, didn't dude. know either i mean even though uh-huh. it was, i'm a little yeah. older than uh-huh. you i got a yeah. few years head start on uh-huh. you but at that point i didn't know anything about uh-huh. real estate mm-hmm. but i was like you know mm-hmm. um let's buy a house and my mom was really supportive mm-hmm. she was like yeah let's let's buy you kids uh-huh. a house let's, yeah, yeah. you know and so she was really supportive uh-huh. and helped get behind me uh-huh. and, and do that and um so literally, I mean, I found this house in Echo Park. It was a huge house. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm going to build a studio in mm-hmm. it. So like this house is like facing downtown LA. Mm-hmm. It's like a mile outside of downtown. So yeah. the buildings are just like skyrocketing yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful. It had these huge windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I basically started like restoring that house. Mm-hmm. And um, and I met Tawny about mm-hmm. that time. She kind of started to come in the picture and then helped mm-hmm. me do that. So I like built, built a studio, had some help. Um, restored the house and I had never really done construction before mm-hmm. of any sort mm-hmm. but I happened to have a couple guys next door who were like general contractors yeah. these like surfer dudes from like yeah. the valley yeah. who were like yeah. total quintessential like stereotype like surfer skater dudes from yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. valley bro yeah. like you don't do a coved ceiling like that man you you know here's how you do it yeah, yeah. teach me how to do stuff like mm-hmm. turn me on to an electrician mm-hmm. who came in and rewired the house and mm-hmm. so i was like whoa so i i did all of this and um was doing music and music and music and all mm-hmm. that and then a few years later a few years pass mm-hmm. and some real estate person goes oh you've got a ton of equity in this mm-hmm. house what's equity i know what a <laughs> yeah. flat, flat five half diminished chord is yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah. give me a jazz chart <laughs> yeah. or orchestral chart i'll play the shit out of it but i don't yeah. know what equity is yeah so What'd i was you call like me? <laughs> so i like literally ended up like basically selling the house mm-hmm. and tawny and i bought our house in silver lake mm-hmm. which is where everything mm-hmm. progressed from there mm-hmm. but that was where that whole musical thing led but through doing the construction mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, construction, I can restore stuff and the real estate market. Uh-huh. So I kind of took a little bit of a detour and got involved in the loft thing because uh-huh. I'm like, wow, the loft thing was like, mm-hmm. I actually did restore uh-huh. a couple big loft yeah. buildings. And I was like reaching out for people with uh-huh. big money to help. It was like, oh, how do I restore the space? Mm-hmm. And so some people saw the vision and were like, oh, we're in. So we partnered up mm-hmm. and restored a couple big buildings and that whole thing, which was like, crazy mm-hmm. Matt talking about massive yeah. projects you know Dude. so that was kind of a whole so it kind of detoured me out of trying to be a professional yeah. musical a musician uh-huh. a little bit you know for better or for worse uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah so that was kind of a little bit of a, a stepping mm-hmm. stone on the on the trail but yeah it was when I <clears throat> when I really um was was continue to work with amps and do all that it was um yeah so that was <laughs> so then you get your house in Silver Lake and you're like, I'm going to repair amps. It kind of happened organically. Mm-hmm. I think like a lot of stuff does. Um, Caveman Vintage Music, mm-hmm. which was in Chinatown. Yeah. Not far from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asked me, they're like, hey, we lost our repair guy. You want to do our repairs? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, sure. Yeah. But honestly, I, I didn't feel like I had um, I had the um, experience. Mm-hmm. Or the know-how to really take on like 10 amps a week. Mm-hmm. I was doing cool stuff mm-hmm. and had done a few custom jobs for folks. And you know, I was doing that, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know the science mm-hmm. of it at that point. Yeah. You know? It's a lot of just dabbling, like trying shit. And buying PV amps and modding them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah modding my own stuff. Uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah, all that. So kind of next chapter is mm-hmm. at that point, spurred by this opportunity mm-hmm. to start restoring mm-hmm. and repairing amps mm-hmm. for for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically, you know, huge, like talk about a door opening up. Like mm-hmm. I went to, um, I literally went up to Aspen Pittman's. And Aspen is the guy who invented the Groove Tubes mm-hmm. label mm-hmm. and the Groove Tubes company and mm-hmm. all that. And he did a lot of stuff. He was mm-hmm. an inventor and a and a designer and an electrician and an electronics engineer mm-hmm. and all, all of that. Yeah. You know? and he did a lot of amazing stuff. And Aspen, for those of you who don't know, Aspen just passed away like not too long ago, just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aspen was a friend of mine. Um, he was a really smart guy. So I basically went to Aspen's and I said, Hey Aspen, I'm, I've been given an opportunity to do a lot of repairs mm-hmm. amp repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to build my own amps cause I wanted to build my own amp. Mm-hmm. And I remember one thing he said to me, a couple, couple things, but one of the things that always stuck with me was he's like, why do you want to build amps? I was like, man, I just feel like I can build a better amplifier. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, he goes, I guess there's always room for one more on the ship of fools. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of scratched my head and I was yeah. like, I didn't quite get it at the moment. <laughs> Dude, that's so rad. I yeah, love that. There's always room for one more on the ship of fools. <laughs> and he's like, all right. So he goes, listen, I used to repair amps mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. and build guitar amps. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm He's building his tube microphones mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. tube preamps and all his cool studio stuff. Mm-hmm. He had a killer studio he built mm-hmm. on his complex up mm-hmm. in old San Bernardino, mm-hmm. like way up in mm-hmm. kind of the valley. There's mm-hmm. this old San Bernardino town. I think that's what it's called. Oh. Funky, cool, historic town. And he had like this complex there. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, like my shop, like mm-hmm. times 10. It was like a 10,000 square foot Jesus like Christ. museum. Yeah. Old gear, yeah. old tubes, old everything. He sold me a tweed, a tweed Princeton that I still mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Dylan Day, who's Dylan? Dylan always wants that amp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan says it's one of the best tweed. Anyway, so he sold me a, like a tweed Princeton mm-hmm. back at that time for, you know, a few hundred bucks. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, I think it's an old one, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll give it to you for, you know, $300 mm-hmm. or something. I was like, all right. So old. Yeah. You know, like a tweed Princeton. I mean, that was, you know, it was a few years ago, but... Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that stuff now. It's like anything that says tweet on yeah, it. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. holy grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said, basically what he said to me was, listen, I don't do that stuff anymore, but my friend Dave Riddle does. Mm-hmm. And Dave Riddle um, is is the guy that kind of really changed my life. Mm-hmm. So he literally goes, I'll call Dave mm-hmm. and he can build you a custom Variax mm-hmm. and any kind of mm-hmm. test equipment, mm-hmm. any calibration equipment. Mm-hmm. He builds it all. Mm-hmm. So he gets on the phone like right that second mm-hmm. and he dials me, hey Dave, I got my buddy Geo here. He wants uh, like uh, some test gear and you know, you should meet him. You guys mm-hmm. should meet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, send him up here. Mm-hmm. So like I went and saw Dave Riddle mm-hmm. and he, dude, first person probably in my life ever uh-huh. that goes, What's your highest level of education? What did you want to do in your life? You know, why you want to build amps? How many amps have you fixed? Like he wanted to know yeah. everything. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, wow, this guy's insane. And he, but he was really like interested in who I was, where I was mm-hmm. coming from, where I grew up, mm-hmm. how old I was, what my highest level mm-hmm. of education was, why I wanted to be a doctor, mm-hmm. all this stuff. It was just really crazy. But he had this, you know, another 10,000 square foot mm-hmm. warehouse on the Van Nuys airport. 
you know, like mm-hmm. up in Van Nuys. Yeah. And there's this airport up there, which most people don't even know. I didn't even know it existed. The airport? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't go to Van Nuys. I don't yeah. go to the fucking valley. Yeah, I think I was done, like, I Google <laughs> anything, and it's like, I see, like, the Van Nuys airport. I'm like, huge. the fuck is that? But now I know, off of the, off of the runway, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a private airport. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's even a public, like, go take a TWA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does TWA yeah. still exist? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think, I don't think that, um, it's even a, I don't know if it's a, whatever. I mean, it's like a huge airport, but it's kind of a private airport. So there's all these hangars and a hangar is like, you can drive an airplane uh-huh. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hangar is huge. Mm-hmm. So he's got one of these big, um, warehouses mm-hmm. right off of mm-hmm. the, off of the runway, basically so bad. Like a block off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of his friends mm-hmm. are like aviation engineers yeah. and stuff and one guy, you know, he takes care of like Tom Cruise's P-51 fighter jet yeah, and restores yeah, airplanes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you know, like yeah, these guys yeah. fly for fun. Yeah. Like it's, in, it's like another world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's like this huge brain engineer guy uh-huh. that knows everything about anything a man could mm-hmm. ever build. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he doesn't know about it, he can like reverse engineer it by pulling uh-huh. it apart. Yeah. And re-engineering yeah. it. Yeah. So I go up there and we start talking and all this stuff. And basically in a nutshell, he just goes, well, you know. You need you need the right tools, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I don't really understand an oscilloscope, mm-hmm. you know, and I can use a multimeter, but <clears throat> I don't know how to like trace the signal through the amp and all this like kind mm-hmm. of mysterious stuff mm-hmm. that most people don't ever get to that mm-hmm. really hands on yeah, with that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I said, you know what, <sighs> you've got this amazing test bench here, mm-hmm. and he had this test bench mm-hmm. that was like three tiers mm-hmm. of test equipment. Mm-hmm. So not only could he test anything, but he could generate any anything mm-hmm. so if you wanted to generate five volts mm-hmm. or you know a thousand volts he could take a machine and dial it up and say i want to send out a thousand volts and he could send it to another machine mm-hmm. he's a test gear mm-hmm. that he could actually like test that and calibrate it and say mm-hmm. oh this is five thousand volts mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and if you want to put resistance in the middle he can you know send resistance or test resistance yeah. and you could you know oscilloscopes you know or oscillators that uh-huh. send signal you know he, he basically yeah. he could control any level of sound and electronics and yeah, all of that yeah not only send it but receive it and and, and quantify mm-hmm. it quantifying is yeah. a huge part of what we do you know so i was just like you know the wheels are spinning he's like 70 years old at that point uh-huh. he's probably 80 at the night no, yeah. he's not that old he's he's like mid 70 yeah but i'd met him yeah you know i don't know 2014 uh-huh. yeah so so basically, I just was like, you know what? Can I just rent a space in uh-huh. your warehouse? Uh-huh. I'll set up a bench. You know, I'll clean your fucking floors. Mm-hmm. I'll clean your bathrooms. Yeah, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Can I rent a space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. How much? And he was like, don't worry about it. Just when you're ready to fix some amps, mm-hmm. just let me know. Give me a call. I don't keep a calendar. Mm-hmm. He goes, my calendar is like scheduled five minutes in advance. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. It's a guy who does not have a calendar. Yeah. Does not have a smartphone. Dude, that's pretty refreshing to hear. Dude, crazy. So I call him it up crazy a week later. said, hey, Dave, it's Gio. I have some broken amps I want to come and fix. He said, come on up. So I went up there mm-hmm. and that really like kind of cemented our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would try to do stuff and he'd be like, oh, no, no. That's how you're going to run a G and a crank that thing with a guitar in your hand, trying to work on it with the yeah. chassis on the yeah, bench. You're going to yeah, yeah. kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> He'd like set it up on proper blocks, put a load on it, uh-huh. like proper resistor load, yeah. send a signal into it, uh-huh. like a sine wave. Uh-huh. 
off of an oscillator. Yeah. We could watch the sine wave. Mm -hmm. Here's the input. The sine wave is perfect. You know? Oh, there's a sine wave. Go further down the chain. Mm -hmm. and what are we looking for? Oh, there's this weird distortion that's happening in the amp. Uh -huh. I don't know. It's fine here. It's fine here. It's fine uh -huh. here. It's fine. Oh, here it is. Uh -huh. Watching it with an, with an oscilloscope. The so visually seeing it. Visually watching the screen. Uh -huh. And there's like stereo oscilloscopes uh -huh. that'll show the input yeah. and the output. Yeah. And you can watch it anywhere in between. Mm -hmm. So he started teaching me how to like, with no guitar in my hand, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with a live, mm -hmm. you know, 700 yeah. volts in some yeah. cases, high voltage on yeah. your on your bench trying to like do this stupid mm. shit he was mm. like no that's not how you do it so he wouldn't even like te like teaching me mm. he was just doing it saying no this is how you do it and we do it yeah, yeah. we do it and then, you know uh, another uh, and he grabbed the tubes oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he just like yeah. tap the thing with a hammer yeah. or something and be like oh it's got a, it's got a bad solder joint mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just it's just vibration mm -hmm. related wow really so little by little uh -huh. after spending years with yeah. him i spent a few years going up there all the time I really started to comprehend the science of it and start to study the science of mm -hmm. it more on my own and see how to really do all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a turning point. And he also helped me design my own amps, which mm -hmm. I was trying to do throughout, mm -hmm. which is a whole other story. Yeah. To yeah. Get yeah. To, you know? Yeah. So meeting him really kind of pulled me through the birthing canal of mm -hmm. like understanding mm -hmm. what's going on inside of these amps, mm -hmm. all amps mm -hmm. and reading and reading schematics. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like he, he literally would not let me, he wouldn't do anything. And he said, go print the schematic. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the schematic, go print it up. Mm -hmm. So I get on one of his computers mm -hmm. and I print out the schematic mm -hmm. and he'd be like, okay. And we pull out a highlighter mm -hmm. and often we'd like highlight through it. If mm -hmm. there was a certain area that mm -hmm. there was a problem mm -hmm. or we had to go through the whole damn circuit. Uh -huh. If an amp was modified or yeah. something weird was uh -huh. done to it, we would literally go through either he or I uh -huh. or both of us, mm -hmm. usually me or both mm -hmm. of us, because sometimes he'd be too busy doing yeah. his own thing. He'd say, go through that circuit mm -hmm. or go through the entire preamp up to the power tubes. And I want you to confirm that every single solder joint on this amp is matching that schematic. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to find the right schematic, mm -hmm. print it, and then go through it and be like, all right, input, 68K, one meg to mm -hmm. ground, mm -hmm. straight into the grid, mm -hmm. moving through it, all mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And cross it off on the schematic with the yeah. highlighter. Yeah, yeah. And like he really taught me how to read a schematic and how important that was. Uh -huh. and so it was it was a huge learning experience for me at that point. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I bet you it was grueling when you were going through it. It was, but it was exhilarating because yeah. I was always learning uh -huh. and just seeing him yeah. just wide-eyed yeah. going, wow, this is how you control yeah. this. This is how you test uh -huh. this. Mm -hmm. This is how you quantify this. Mm -hmm. You know, which is just a massive part of it. Yeah. everything we do is, you know, calibration and, yeah. and quantification and yeah. controlling all of this stuff. Yeah, Dude, that is what, I mean, cause like every, it's, so you like, you guys know I'm a, I'm a guitar tech. Um, but you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like for a while there when I was just like, ah, oh, kind of slow. I was like, I think I can do amps. Why not? You know, it's like, it's a, you plug it in. And, Repairing? Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm talking about like. <laughs> <laughs> just you know whatever like uh, i think i can do this just not understanding literally right. just you know so anyways it's like yeah people would bring shit in or whatever and it's just like mm, i don't know how to do this <laughs> this it gets deep. i it gets can deep. die it gets deep you know so i realized like, at that point that it was like oh man this is a whole world yeah now i'm up like i'm this little like you know you know david and goliath uh-huh you know, Goliath mm -hmm. was huge, right? Mm -hmm. 
And David was the little guy. Mm-hmm. Not the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was so. like the little David, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like this Goliath uh-huh. of information, yeah. and knowledge, and mm-hmm. he'd been doing it. He's mm-hmm. like, when I was six years old, I had my first screwdriver, and I mm-hmm. took apart the family TV because it was broken. Mm-hmm. He was six, and he fixed it. <laughs> Insane. So he he knew so yeah. much and has had so much experience, uh-huh. and I realized, like you know, you talk about the the you know the the rabbit hole. Uh-huh. It's like I just kind of went down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. but realized it was such an entirely massive yeah. world of of knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. It all stemmed back to like 1930 to mm-hmm. like 1950, mm-hmm. really when these when these beautiful machines were mm-hmm. kind of made. Mm-hmm. You know, the Fender amps, mm-hmm. the Marshall amps are even a little later, mm-hmm. but like the Gibson stuff mm-hmm. and the Fender stuff, and you know some of that early stuff. It was all those amps were, um, you know, two. Tube amplification was really invented mm-hmm. in like the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. and those tubes really are amplifiers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're amplification tubes. Mm-hmm. They're <clears throat> they're they're amazing, and they're. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can talk more about the, the detail yeah. of that. But those tubes are the amplifiers. Every single tube gain stage. Uh-huh. You know, if you watch it on an oscilloscope, uh-huh. you go from like the scope is like the the sine wave is this big. If you watch the signal before the tube, mm-hmm. and then right after mm-hmm. the tube, you watch the signal, mm-hmm. it goes from this big to like this big. Mm-hmm. So you have to change your oscilloscope and bring the signal back mm-hmm. down to see it again because it slammed it up. Uh-huh. So, I mean, essentially what's happening in those tubes is, you know, with all those tube pins yeah. in a tube socket, uh-huh. you know, on a on a 12AX7, uh-huh. you've got a, a plate, a grid, and a cathode. Uh-huh. So that plate's always going to hold the voltage. Uh-huh. So it's such a it was such a confusing thing to me uh-huh. in the beginning, like... How do you? I think everyone else is like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Like, <laughs> but how do you mix? Yeah. How do you mix high voltage and a guitar signal? Uh-huh. And they're mixing inside of that tube. Uh-huh. So that plate, like, there's two triodes. Mm-hmm. A dual triode is like a 12 ax seven. So there's two independent sides mm-hmm. in there. They share a, a heater. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it says you know heaters. Mm-hmm. You know your filaments yeah. just keep the tubes warm. Uh-huh. You keep it from shocking the uh-huh. high voltage into the. It's part of the system, but <clears throat> you know the heaters are shared there. But there's two plate, grid, and cathodes, and there's always signal into the grid and out of the plate. So it goes into the grid. So that little pin two, pin one is always a plate, mm-hmm. pin two is always the grid. So when you send your little signal in there, mm-hmm. your little, you know, one volt mm-hmm. signal from your guitar mm-hmm. into that grid, it hits mm-hmm. that plate. Mm-hmm. And that plate is holding voltage at all times. So you can set the voltage on that plate to anything you want mm-hmm. to. And all amps have different uh-huh. levels mm-hmm. of what their voltage is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you send that signal, any signal, mm-hmm. you basically connect your input jack mm-hmm. to that little grid. And when it hits that plate, it amplifies it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, bam, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's louder. And mm-hmm. you send it through two or three or four mm-hmm. or five gain stages because mm-hmm. each dual mm-hmm. triode has two gain stages. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I can utilize these any way I want to. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's some power. Yeah. So it amplifies it each time. But, you know, it was really always just enlightening to me once I started to learn how you can combine the musical aspect uh-huh. of it and the signal with the high voltage uh-huh. aspect of it. So, and that all happens inside of a, uh, you know, a vacuum mm-hmm. tube. That's insane. And <laughs> dude, I mean, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, cause it's like for me personally, like, you know, it's like, it's always just like, oh, I mean, like, do like, does the tube really matter? Like, you know, should I just buy these cheap tubes or whatever, or versus these like, you know, Ruby or what? You know what I mean? It's like, 
or the really expensive gold plated yeah. pins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because recreations. Yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. it's yeah. just it's you know because I, I mean I, I think it's like as a general thing like I think most guitar players or musicians like like bass players or whatever it's like like we welcome like the senses is like yeah tube amps are better than like a solid state amp or or whatever modeling amps now and st stuff like that because it is true man i mean it's like you know like i have that neural dsp thing out there and it's mostly for like you know like because i have a general like you know from everything from like metal to like someone who plays blues to jazz or whatever and it's just it's it's a convenient thing when this is like it's got like dozens of voices. yeah exactly which is ah, let's just you know like i think this this is what like this guy's kind of going for so but anytime i hear that versus like a tube amp that's like <laughs> man another world it is man it's just like even like to hear you guys play you know like next door i'm like dude that just that sounds so fucking good <laughs> man you know crazy. It's crazy. and it's like it is insane to think that however old this technology is it's like it's hasn't really changed much it hasn't it hasn't and it's 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 like for me i'm at awe as as like as 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 a player, as a builder, as 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 enthusiast that, that how the fuck did these people get it right? Mm, right. Same thing you were saying earlier with like Leo Fender and the guitars yeah. and the early yeah. Gibson guitars yeah. and some of that early stuff. Mm -hmm. They haven't changed hardly at all. No. It's crazy. And it it's it's like, you know, that's where like I feel like I become uh like a little conspiratorial. It's just like, dude, these guys like like what? How the fuck? Like how the like doing the forties, thirties, forties, fifties? Right. So David Riddle like told me, you know, you got to oh. study these books. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Radio Engineers Handbook and mm -hmm. the RCA Tube Handbook mm -hmm. or whatever. There's like it's only a, you know a handful of yeah, yeah. four or five of these classic uh -huh. books, and they basically lay out at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, these books were written in 1940, mm -hmm. 1950, mm -hmm. and they lay out like some of the most basic tube amp topology mm -hmm. and it's like this is how you create a gain stage this yeah. is how you create a basic um you know eq mm -hmm. you know rc circuit resistor and, and capacitor circuit that will set your your basically your um your frequency response where you want your cutoff to be mm -hmm. or whatever so it, it explains a lot of that from way back then mm -hmm. and a lot of the technology is still kind of the same so i started reading that stuff going Wow, here's these diagrams mm -hmm. of just like a simple, you know, gain stage, mm -hmm. you know, power tubes, preamp tubes, one or mm -hmm. both connected, mm -hmm. you know, basic EQ circuits. And it was like, okay, like I get this. And this is what all these other amps were built on, you know, all the Fender amps and all mm -hmm. this stuff. It was all built on this basic kind of technology that mm -hmm. they just tweaked a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was all there. Mm -hmm. So I kind of figured, all right, I should stick with that because that's what I love. And that's wow. what was always the most inspiring stuff to me and to, to most folks mm -hmm. who came up through that era and yeah. still listen to that music that was all recorded from the forties to mm -hmm. even to present day. Um, so it was like, let's stay with that. Even most of my test equipment, mm -hmm. you know, like this stuff that we have mm -hmm. here that I, that I brought in for show and tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the show and tell stuff. It's like, yeah. these are from 1950 and there's some of the tools that were made then to control this, this, you know, this technology and um and they're still really relevant yeah so let's get geeky man let's uh <laughs> let's fucking dive in let's get some uh all right let's get really geeky all right 
what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> you were trying to explain <laughs> it to me earlier when we are outside. All right. But so it's like... These, these are some of the tools in my arsenal. And honestly, most, most people never have ever even seen or conceived of anything This thing like looks this. like a bomb for people that are, <laughs> right, can't watch it. Right, right. Can you see this? Looks like a military bomb thing from like World War II. What is this? What is this thing? So this is called a decade substitution box. Wow. So a decade <laughs> substitution box basically allows you to substitute a component within a circuit and choose any value you choose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so this is a resistance okay. substitution okay. box. There's also capacitance substitution boxes. So amps are, are filled with resistors mm -hmm. and capacitors mm -hmm. and other stuff, but some of the main components that we use that'll shape the tone of an amp and the way an amp feels mm -hmm. and sounds and moves are resistors mm -hmm. and capacitors. Uh, I know you took some questions yeah, yeah, yeah. before yes. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of the questions are like, what is ohms? Yeah. What is impedance? What is resistance? Yeah. And stuff like that. So basically, I don't know how clear, you know, we can show this, but um, so this box is full of resistors that will all stack. Mm -hmm. So I can basically create any amount of resistance that I want to. Mm -hmm. So you start at the bottom here. Can you see that? And then we'll I'll take a picture of it, and then maybe we can like post it while we're talking about it. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, one uh -huh. ohm. yeah. So this this dial will move me in single ohms. Mm -hmm. So if I want to put one ohm of resistance up to ten ohms of resistance, mm -hmm. these are all why it's called a decade mm -hmm. substitution because mm -hmm. it all moves in like increments of one or ten. Okay. So if I want to put um, ten ohms on something, I'll just dial that over, and uh -huh. now I've got ten ohms. Uh -huh. But how it's going to work is, let's say let's say I open this amp up and put uh -huh. it on my bench. And a good example of something that's really effective is like the um, the plate voltage. Uh -huh. So like the plate I was talking about earlier mm -hmm. is the thing that, like like your circuit in your wall, mm -hmm. you know, you got 120 volts mm -hmm. that just sits there, probably mm -hmm. more like 118. Yeah. yeah. So if you plug something in, all of a sudden it's going to like activate that voltage. It's going to draw current and it's going to utilize that mm -hmm. voltage. Um, so those plates in your tubes, mm -hmm. like, you know, that's all connected to your wall because it's got to be plugged mm -hmm. in. It goes through your mm -hmm. power transformer and gets converted from AC mm -hmm. volts, 117, steps it way mm -hmm. up. So those power transformers, mm -hmm. quick, quick amp lesson, just through the, yeah. through, the yeah, power, yeah, yeah. through the power section. Yeah. So when you when you plug in your amplifier, it goes in and it goes to your power transformer, and that power transformer steps it up to basically usually usually two two high voltage taps, mm -hmm. the H H V mm -hmm. high voltage taps. And those can be anywhere from two hundred to four hundred volts each mm -hmm. on average. So now you've got 800 volts. It's enough to kill you. If you're touching the ground, like your chassis, Boom. and you touch one of those on accident, it'll go straight through you because yeah. it's looking for ground. Yeah. And it'll stop your heart like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, they always say, be careful on tube amps. Yeah. Because it's that high voltage. Uh -huh. that's, that's AC voltage. And then it goes to a rectifier. And the job of the rectifier in a tube amp is basically to flip that voltage from AC voltage in your house, uh -huh. et cetera. Yeah, yeah. To DC voltage, so the rectifier mm -hmm. just flips it to DC voltage. Now you've got DC voltage into your your B plus line, mm -hmm. and your B plus line is what feeds all of the voltage sections in your amp. And then you control it throughout the amp with resistance. <clears throat> so now you're feeding those plates in all of those mm -hmm. tubes with voltage. So bring in the substitution box. Mm -hmm. um, 
if I want to alter the the voltage mm-hmm. into any of those mm-hmm. plates, which is higher voltage, lower voltage, or whatever, within spec, because mm-hmm. every tube has a spec sheet. Uh-huh. So you don't want to like overfeed a tube because you'll burn it up yeah. in no time or whatever. So let's say we're running to the first preamp tube. Mm-hmm. A really traditional value in a tube amp was like 100K. So 100K is 100,000 ohms mm-hmm. of resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, common term 100K, 47K, 220K. It's 100,000 ohms of resistance. So it's going to go from what you're feeding into that mm-hmm. section. It's going to drop the voltage because the voltage drop. But let's say I'm I'm wanting to emulate, let's say, Ken Fisher, mm-hmm. who's a... Um, train wreck yeah some of the most famous collectible tube amps yeah. ever so he had a thing where he would like keep the plate voltages in a lot of cases under 400 volts uh-huh. okay so a lot of tube amps run it higher than that. the crazy uh-huh. horse runs at like 440 volts on uh-huh. power tube plates uh-huh. so 440 volts per plate it's a lot of voltage mm-hmm. but let's say i want to go ken fisher which i've done on my hawk mm-hmm. working with some folks out there who knew ken fisher mm-hmm. We're like, hey man, let's try this on my mm-hmm. Hawk amp or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we've been manipulating voltages. You know, we've been manipulating voltages for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so to be able to manipulate uh-huh. a voltage and then listen to it mm-hmm. is really is really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, because in, in a in a chat room or mm-hmm. a form mm-hmm. or on a book or on paper or with an equation, yeah. you know, there's a lot of equations on how to make uh-huh. stuff work right. That's yeah. one thing. Uh-huh. But to be sitting here with a guitar in your hand. Uh-huh. And have this thing hooked up uh-huh. where that 100K resistor might yeah. go. So now you've got two leads. Uh-huh. I'm going to hook this up and take that 100K resistor mm-hmm. out. So now this becomes that 100K resistor. Mm. So let's say I want to go, man, I want I want that. I want to max that tube out yeah. at like 400 volts. Yeah. So I might lower the resistance to like this 10. So this is 10K mm-hmm. per click. Drop it down to 10K. So I might have another meter connected to that mm-hmm. showing what the voltage mm-hmm. actually is on that tube. Yeah. So I might drop it to 10 or let's go to 20K so we don't burn the tube instantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is essentially like just so you don't actually have to do it on the app and amp itself and you can right. like try it and right. hear, hear Early how. Early on before I knew yeah, about this uh-huh. stuff, I would like solder a, oh, Marshall did oh, a 220. So I'd solder fuck. it out or, you know, you'd end up with a mess of a circuit, which a lot yeah. of my early amps uh-huh. are a mess inside because yeah, yeah. I was doing them by yeah, hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's impossible because you also, by the time you turn the amp off, uh-huh. drain the cap uh-huh. so you don't kill yourself, change the resistor, uh-huh. turn it back on yeah. and go, Wah, 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 at full volume or whatever. Does this sound any different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it sound any yeah. different? I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. You're so you're fried. Yeah. You've been yeah, yeah. cranking this amp for three yeah. hours. Uh-huh. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. You really don't know. It's the same thing with the switch switching mm-hmm. system I made for that I made with Dave Riddle, big brain uh-huh. Dave. A switching system so you can switch multiple speakers across mm-hmm. instantly. Mm-hmm. So we can take a head and run it to like multiple speaker mm-hmm. cabinets and listen across instantly mm-hmm. without the instant. Listening, you're uh-huh. never going to know what that really compares at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is instant. So this is on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, all right, we're at 20K. Yeah. Playing it. Wow, that's hot. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. Let's go to 30K. Ah, that's fucking uh-huh. crazy. Keep, keep going. Shit, we're 70K. We're at 80K. We're, not, we're at 100K. Yeah. That's what the stock value uh-huh. was for a Fender uh-huh. Deluxe. Uh-huh. 100K. That sounds pretty good. Well, let's drop the voltage even more. Uh-huh. I'm going to go to 100K, uh-huh. 200K. Okay. I'm going to drop this one out. So that one comes mm-hmm. out now back to yeah, zero. Yeah. 
So now we're at 200K, we're dropping the voltage. Now the voltage is coming down. Is that gonna make the amp more distorted mm -hmm. or less distorted? Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to 300. Now we got less. Now there's only like 200 volts yeah. on the plate. Is that going to make the amp oh, more dude, distorted or less distorted? Cool. Right? Yeah, so yeah, So now yeah. you're playing, you're going, wow, uh, all of a sudden it's totally different. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to tell you the answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it more distorted yeah, or less yeah, yeah. distorted? I mean, uh, there's a whole, you know, rat's nest of yeah, uh -huh. what goes on in an yeah, amp yeah, to, yeah. to mm -hmm. make it more distorted mm -hmm. or less distorted, mm -hmm. which is all interrelated. But this tool, you know, it gives, it gives me the ability to be able to literally have a live amp circuit on my mm -hmm. bench and a guitar in mm -hmm. my hand and be able to manipulate Dial it in. every every literally. value in there that can control. And if I have multiples of these, uh, same thing. This is the same thing. So that's the same thing, just like a different... Yeah, so if you look at these knobs, oh. this says 100 ohms. This says times 1K ohms. This says times 10K uh, ohms. That says times 100K uh -huh. ohms. This is 1 meg ohms. So I can actually throw up... One meg, two meg, three, mm -hmm. ten meg ohms in one twist of a knob. Massive. Oh, shit, ten megs man. is huge amount of resistance. That's almost like a dead uh -huh. short. So how long was it before you <laughs> fucking discovered these things? So you were like, Dave, dude. Dave Riddle, uh -huh. he showed him to me. He had these things in his shop, and we'd go on eBay, and he'd say, just mm -hmm. buy a couple. They're 100 bucks each. You're like, okay, let's order a couple. So I'd order these, or I'd find them uh -huh. at swap meets yeah, yeah, or yeah, state yeah. sales or whatever, and I'd grab them because I knew what they uh -huh. were. Yeah. And 99% of people uh -huh. walk into a garage sales see this sitting on a dusty shelf <laughs> you know they're gonna be like what the fuck is that yeah 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 give me that thing how much yeah, yeah, yeah. five bucks okay great i'll take them all yeah 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 you know <laughs> yeah. and the same thing with, with capacitors uh -huh. so capacitors you know greatly vary the the low end level mm -hmm. in an amp and mm -hmm. you know besides doing what they do which is usually you know voltage block dc mm -hmm. blocking so it doesn't let the voltage through it mm -hmm. lets the signal through there's certain things you know that capacitors they have a job Besides, you know, all the other mm -hmm. stuff of like, what do they sound like? Mm -hmm. What's a mustard mullard mm -hmm. sound like? What's a bumblebee sound mm -hmm. like? What's an orange drop mm -hmm. sound like? Mm -hmm. You know, tubes you were mm -hmm. talking about, you know, yeah. those all are really, really involved uh -huh. conversations. But these tools, they're so powerful. And if, you know, what I've been able to do with them is been able to take an amp and tailor it like a fine suit, mm -hmm. you know, which mm -hmm. is partly why, you know, people say, well, your amps, I've read they're always different. Uh -huh. or, uh -huh. And in a lot of cases... A lot of my amps are really uh -huh. different, you know, Yeah. because I'm such a gearhead and I'm uh -huh. such a tone freak and uh -huh. I'm so into learning. I'm such a sponge uh -huh. that it's like, oh, well, what happens if we change all the plate resistors mm -hmm. to 220 in this amp? That sounds pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. and it's closer to a Marshall circuit. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Let it go. It sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Nobody would ever know that their, their crazy horse uh -huh. amp is, is closer to a Marshall than, uh, oh, than it is wow, the Fender, like tweet-style circuit uh -huh. or whatever, because I'm tweaking stuff mm -hmm. all the time, and it's part of the voicing mm -hmm. process. So when I voice an amp, when mm -hmm. it's done, it's like it gets on my bench, and nobody, nobody, you know, I mean, there's a lot of companies out uh -huh. there, a lot of hype, yeah, Mark yeah. Samson, uh -huh. Matchless, and all that, and it's like I'm the only person that finishes these uh -huh. amps. Yeah. Only person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when it's on my bench and I sit there, and sometimes mm -hmm. it takes me 20 minutes, and sometimes it takes me 20 days, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, and I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's I mean it's rad. So, all right, let's let's dig into your to your amps because uh aside from like the visual like aspect of them that they're so fucking badass. Um like first of all, like what makes them special cuz I don't think a lot of people know about like the reclaim wood and and like the the this the, even like the new old part 
like that you use and stuff like right, that. Right. So like, cause I didn't even know that. Like I said, I, you know, I discovered you on Instagram and things like that. And like when I met you and I was like, you were talking about the amps, like, holy fuck, you're talking about like this old wood that fucking was from this right, and blah, right. blah. I'm like, ah, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So like, how'd you, how'd you first, first of all, cloth, like the, the, the grill cloth, like how did you, how'd you come up with that? You know, the, the funny thing is, and I, I'm going to say funny, but or strange. The mm -hmm. strange thing is the first amp that I actually made, mm -hmm. I just had some old wood around. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, it makes sense. Like the old tweed amps, which mm -hmm. I was really inspired by, really inspired by tweed era mm -hmm. Fender mm -hmm. and Gibson. Mm -hmm. But those Fender amps and, and most of the Gibson, you know, 40s, 50s. Yeah. They were, the cabinets were made out of solid pine. Uh -huh. So that would have been solid pine that was probably cut in the turn of the century, mm -hmm. 20s, 30s, mm -hmm. and then used in the 40s, 50s. So I was like, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to make an amp, it seems like it would make sense if I want it to sound like an amp from mm -hmm. that era, mm -hmm. I would use wood from that era. Mm -hmm. And it seemed pretty logical. Mm -hmm. So I cut up some old pine, mm -hmm. you know, and I found some colorful grill cloth that just... Mm -hmm seemed to make sense yeah also partially inspired by the earliest fender amps the woodies most uh -huh. people don't even know about the woodies i don't know about the woodies the fender woodies they were wood cabinets uh -huh. with a wood handle and uh -huh. a colorful grill cloth yes. they had like blue and red grill uh -huh. cloths yeah with a with a chrome thing now it was uh -huh. like a, it was like a v front uh -huh. and they had like a chrome thing to protect the speaker uh-huh right yeah i mean like 40 1948 uh -huh. fender woody and it was kind of like it was kind of similar to this. I mean, this is obviously mm -hmm. kind of a whole other level in its own way, mm -hmm. but it was a wood cabinet with a colorful cloth. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, that was just like that's that's my that was my lens. Like mm -hmm. I, I just was so obsessed with the the forties, yeah, and the fifties of that era. Um, so the first, the very first cabinets I made, they were they looked sort of like this. Mm -hmm. And that was just the way they came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really highly premeditated. Yeah, it was just yeah, kind yeah. of like, I've got this old wood, mm -hmm. it makes sense, and and it sounded great. And it was like, wow, and it looked great. Um, but then what I realized mm -hmm. after doing a few dozen mm -hmm. of them was it was like, wow, these woods actually all sound different because getting old vintage mm -hmm. wood was like, oh, this is oak, this is ash, this is maple, this is pine, this is mm -hmm. redwood. They're mm -hmm. all different. They all have different tonal mm -hmm. characteristics, just like the top of an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. or the body of an acoustic mm -hmm. guitar. Or an electric guitar, not as much. Mm -hmm. But an acoustic guitar, the entire sound is freaking body and yeah. soundboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of, you know, a lot of guitars, they've got very specific wood types to yeah. get that specific yeah, yeah, tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Which now building more guitars is kind of yeah. even more twisted my yeah. head towards tone woods. Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, I realized as the amps got louder, mm -hmm. it's, you know, if you put your hand on an amp or on a speaker mm -hmm. when it's loud, so much vibration. Mm -hmm. It's really mm -hmm. moving hard, man. It'll yeah. like move your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as that starts to resonate and it gets really loud, that cabinet starts to resonate. Uh -huh. And that cabinet creates tone. It's yeah. a tone generator. Yeah. So there's another sort of X factor in the Black Bolt amps. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, the redwood, which this is solid redwood, mm -hmm. which is gorgeous. It's like 
white and red. Mm-hmm. And the the redwood tends to have like this really mystical, magical character of like holding the bottom in a real warm, soft mm-hmm. way, a little compression on the top without being too hard. Mm-hmm. Like an oak or an ash mm-hmm. or a maple would be really hard to keep the top really mm-hmm. tight, more for like a mm-hmm. traditional teleplay yeah, or yeah, yeah. steel yeah. or something. It's yeah. going to really hold it. This is like this gorgeous, without being muted, uh-huh. it's a really gorgeous kind of tone wood. Yeah. Um, so redwood's like amazing. So I started to learn as we started to do it, mm-hmm. how the wood really affected the tone, mm-hmm. you know? And then the grill cloth, talking about the grill cloth, mm-hmm. sure, a lot of the reason that people like notice black mm-hmm. wool is because it's so unique, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that, you know, part of the character is like the grill cloth. Um, you know, if you look at this grill cloth, um, it's... It's got about 20 holes in it. Mm-hmm. So I grilled a, a screen behind this. Yeah. So there's actually like a plastic screen yeah. like you put on your window uh-huh. glued to this grill cloth. And these are all holes cut into this to allow more high-end frequency yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah. So I actually tune the front end of the amp. Mm-hmm. So if you compare it to like a vintage, let's say a 1959 narrow panel mm-hmm. Tweed Deluxe mm-hmm. 5E3, it's going to have, if it's original or mm-hmm. fairly original, the speaker the paper is going to be soft Mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of deadened it's going to break up early it's got an old vibe to it the more cloth i leave on the front Mm -hmm. of it the more it's going to deaden the front end of the amp Mm -hmm. that to the back end is going to throw Mm -hmm. sound because it's Mm -hmm. an open back cap yeah yeah. but the front end i can tune it so a good example is this amp right here Mm -hmm. um it's 100 flame maple Mm -hmm. so it's solid one inch thick flame maple which is insane it belongs to joshua ray gooch so you know Josh Goose. Yes. You guys have Josh over here. You work on his yeah, yeah, yeah. You work on his guitars. Um, so this is Josh's amp. He's out with Shania right now doing their Vegas stint. Um, but as we, because Josh is such a gearhead, he's such yeah, a tone yeah. freak. Uh-huh. We're always manipulating stuff and changing tubes. And we put these huge recreations of like 6L6, um, like the old RCA 6L6s are like this big and they're yeah. 6Ls. We put them in his amp and. We're always tweaking his amp. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we did recently was I added one, two, three holes in front of it. One, two, three holes in the front of it. Because he felt like, he's like, I feel like the front of it's a little a little bit muted. Because mm-hmm. I get behind it and it's really like a tacky. And yeah. But the front of it, so he originally, had, I had put four in it. Mm-hmm. So we just added, I think it was at least three holes. So just to like... <clears throat> Just to like add a little bit of yeah. top end to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And let a little more air yeah. and a little more high end frequency come through yeah. it. I just like punched out some holes. Yeah. So people don't even realize it, but some of these cloths have to be heavily manipulated uh-huh. to be able to get it to sound natural or to make it sound more vintage mm-hmm. by letting a little less high frequency through. And people don't always realize, you know, like this amp. Yeah. Um, I recently backlined um, some, some Los Lobos uh-huh. shows and did some, like a Cinco de Mayo show with them. And um, this amp, this amp basically um, was one of the amps. And Louie, one of their mm-hmm. guitar players, um, had this and another another crazy horse side by side. Uh-huh. So he had two crazy horses. And he was saying, he was like, man, he was like, I don't know what it is. It's like undescribable. But he goes, the high end is like percussive mm-hmm. and it's round and it's not bitey and it's mm-hmm. not sharp. And he's, he was just raving about mm-hmm how much he enjoyed playing the amps, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and there's something about that high frequency mm-hmm. that's kind of undescribable, mm-hmm. especially in a newer, yeah, yeah, yeah. A new amp. Uh-huh. 
and it's got this like lessened attack and so many amps you know so many amps these days i mean forever they have so much high end yeah so much high frequency yeah. that it can be it can be repelling uh -huh. and if you get in front of a stage a lot of times even some vintage amps that people don't treat them right uh -huh. but mostly new amps and you know reissue amps mm -hmm. and stuff they they repel people mm -hmm. especially in smaller venues you go to clubs and stuff mm -hmm. it's like i've seen it so many times when we bring amps and we work with folks and mm -hmm. You see certain amps that are just like ah, and they put them oh, in the sound system, dude, and it's yeah, just yeah. like it just turns to white yeah. noise yeah, 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 to some yeah. extent. And this stays really musical, and it kind of tops the mm -hmm. controls the top mm -hmm. a little bit. So there's there's just like so many little elements that mm -hmm. you know, the sum of its parts yeah. end up contributing to the entire finished finished uh, amp. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's kind of become a whole you know black magic of. <laughs> mm -hmm. of creating this specific yeah. sound yeah you know? and i mean i have i have like certain guys that own my amps whether it's a brooklyn special the big mm -hmm. 50 60 70 watt head or a combo and, mm -hmm. and, and they own some of the best gear in the world mm -hmm. they own train wrecks mm -hmm. and they own dumbbells and they'll mm -hmm. literally say to me like i end up playing your amp mm -hmm. almost all of the time mm -hmm. because it's so musical mm -hmm. and it's 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 just got that magic thing yeah it's really musical. Yeah. And these are guys who know, or they're producers or uh -huh. collectors or studio owners that just, you know, just sing the praises mm -hmm. of these amps, which is amazing to me. Yeah. Really, to me, it's like the ultimate payoff is like, wow, people really connect with this. Yeah, and really dude. Hear yeah, of What course. I've been hearing for all these years yeah, yeah. to develop this unique sound yeah. within an already well-worn yeah. pathway. How'd you come up with the name? Um... You know, originally I was because I love it, dude. It's like Blackfold, I was just like, <laughs> it just Dirt. came to me. It came to me, but originally the uh -huh. name that came to me, mm -hmm. like the Mars Volta, uh huh, it was Black Volta. Ah, okay, cool, cool. It was the Black Volta, uh huh. And a friend of mine, who you probably all know, uh -huh. <laughs> his name is Richard Edson. Okay, he's an actor, and he was in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Do yes. the Right Thing with uh john turturro he's got the smash nose uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a professional yeah he's, a, he's an actor he's yeah, a great yeah. actor character uh -huh. actor he was in uh, jim jarmusch films and stuff he's great you know strange in the paradise super cool guy super good friend of mine and we've been friends for many years mm -hmm. he was over at the house one day and we played together mm -hmm. in bands and mm -hmm. recording and he's a great drummer and he's a really good bass player too and uh super interesting and mm -hmm. interested guy he's always mm -hmm. interested in things and mm -hmm. loves to have conversations mm -hmm. in detail like we're mm -hmm. doing right now yeah, yeah, yeah he loves to have detailed conversations yeah. about stuff and i had like kind of showed him the idea and i was doing my thing and he just said he was like why black volta mm -hmm. he's like what's the volta you know because mm -hmm. why don't you just call it black volt mm -hmm. and remove the dash yeah because it was black dash volta the black volt mm -hmm. and, and he was like you know and i was like Ah, oh, and it just made perfect sense. Uh -huh. And I didn't even question it. Yeah, yeah. So I, have, so I have to give Richard Edson some credit. Okay, cool. Well, shout out to, to Richard, <laughs> man. Shout out to Edson, who's great. And he's a great photographer uh -huh. and filmmaker and mm -hmm. all of that. <clears throat> Again, really interesting guy. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, it, he just literally just tweaked it for mm -hmm. me. And I was like, huh, sure, okay. That's so cool. And it went from the Black Volta to black volt amplification dude fucking <laughs> rad man that's crazy that's so far i mean it's it's always interesting how like people you know like name their companies or 
or whatnot. But that's a question that I always wondered that I, I always wanted to ask you. So, yeah, I think, I think a big part of the entire inspiration mm -hmm. that I've gotten is, is from my, my father mm -hmm. who passed away mm -hmm. right about the time I created this whole thing. Uh -huh. My dad uh, basically passed away uh, December, like Christmas Eve, uh, 2013. Mm -hmm. So when he passed from um, lung cancer, was just kind of crazy mm -hmm. and obviously you know, mm -hmm. hard for anyone to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, he passed away, but he was an engineer and he worked in electronics and GE and he was in the army, mm -hmm. GTE phone mm -hmm. company, he retired mm -hmm. and then Sprint hired him back on for like fiber optics mm -hmm. communications and doing the whole mm -hmm. fiber optics thing. So he was like always a, uh, you know, engineer of mm -hmm. sorts. Mm -hmm. So I absorbed a lot from him, but when he passed, it was like all of a sudden, you know, I, I kind of crashed for couple months where i just mm -hmm. didn't know what to do it yeah. hit me hard yeah yeah and it kind of made me realize like okay um you know i don't have forever mm -hmm. you know when you see someone close to you just they're gone mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. it was like all right so it just it all kind of hit me and i was inspired and i mm -hmm. feel like a lot of inspiration came through him in some way mm -hmm. from the other side it mm -hmm. was like dad really helped inspire yeah. a lot of stuff and, yeah. and help uh -huh. um, define a lot of uh -huh. stuff without me really thinking too much mm -hmm. about it Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just my, you know, perception. Or... I mean, you're very, I mean, you and Tanya, like, I feel like you guys are very spiritual. And I feel like, I mean, that like in a cheesy, like, home right. type of way. But it's like, very organic. And, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I love it, man. Like Thanks, I man. said, you know, it's like, I feel like you've, you found a cool way. Like, I mean, serendipity in the sense. <laughs> so it's like, what better time to... <laughs> to be, you know, using like reclaimed wood and, and, and upcycling. Right. And now, yeah, you know, and because like a whole nother, it is, you know, it's like, podcast. yeah, no, I mean, it really is, <laughs> but it's like, cause you're doing amps oh, and then God. now you're doing guitars and dude, I remember cause I had just moved in and I think you, you mentioned it at one point. It's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do like some like guitars from scratch. I was just like, Fuck, man. All right. Good Whatever. Luck. You know, yeah, literally. You know, it's like, what was that saying that your buddy said? There's always room for one more on the ship of fools. <laughs> Dude, that is so great. That is so to fucking Aspen. great. Dude, to ask Dude, that is a great saying, man. Um, and I was just like, yeah, sure, man. You know, do your fucking thing, man. Whatever, you know. And I remember you showed me the first thing that you did. And I was just like, oh you know, like the nut and, you know, the fretwork here and there, whatever. And I mean, dude, again, I mean, like even like during this podcast, now, now I've understood why you'll always succeed because of who you are, you know, and how you just <laughs> oh, like, man. dude, fuck it. You just, you get it. It's like, oh, it's a process, whatever. Cool. <laughs> like I might not get it on the first one, but work through it yeah you're gonna work through it and it's like dude it's insane to see the like the first product that you showed me to what you have now to now that you have like a dedicated space for mm. just guitar stuff and you have olivier with you and all this stuff and it's like the cases that mm. you have dude it's <laughs> like all within a year and i've been like fuck dude it's like crazy. but it, it's it's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's encouraging. It's an, it's inspiring for people to just understand, like, look, like you can do this. You, you can like, nobody grew up on third base. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I know that people want to believe that, but like, 
Well, I mean, when it comes to like building things and stuff like that, it's just it like takes time. It man. takes a lot. It takes, time. Uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot Patience, of projects, yeah. and it's just. But it's a matter of and, just and a lot starting. of failing. Yeah, that's it, have, man. That's one of the things I think people have to realize is that you have to embrace the failure. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear that, Chris? <laughs> you got to embrace the failure because if you realize that failure is part of the journey to creating something. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, then you'll be okay with it. It's like, well, this one wasn't great, but let's, let's do another one. It'll mm -hmm. be better. Mm -hmm. You know, and so long as you realize that that path might be a long path, mm -hmm. you're not just like, Hey, I'm going to make the greatest guitar. I'm going to CNC <laughs> it all and buy all this machinery yeah. and, it, and it's going to be the best guitar uh -huh. in the first two guitars mm -hmm. I make or the first, you know, it's like, got to realize, I mean, that's one thing that I have realized with the mm -hmm. ship of fools mm -hmm. comment years mm -hmm. later. It's like, there are so many people trying to do what we do, mm -hmm. you know, build guitars and build mm -hmm. amps and all that. And there's a lot of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good stuff out mm -hmm. there, but it's, it's a, it's a journey of, um, stick to itness. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah, stick yeah. to it and you got to be dedicated and you want to oh. do it. And it's not really about the money, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, hopefully if you do what you love and you uh -huh. do it well, the yeah. money will come, Yeah, you know, um, but you really got to do it cause you love it. And for me, I mean, for me, honestly, and I, I said this to you the other mm -hmm. day because you were like, what's going on with the guitars? Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, we're like back order, like 10 guitars. Mm -hmm. It's insane, mm -hmm. which, you know, is nothing for, you know, Martin. Yeah. 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 Know, some of these companies, PRS. Yeah. 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 I mean, they have city blocks yeah. that they produce <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guitars yeah. out of. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Martin, Taylor, uh, PRS, Gibson. Like, yeah, they're yeah. huge. They're, they're massive mm -hmm. production facilities. Mm -hmm. So for me to have... 10 guitar orders mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. is like earth shattering. Yeah. Cause it is though. It's like, it but, is. But what I said to uh -huh. you was the real payoff for me uh -huh. is the fact that the people who have been getting these guitars mm -hmm. have actually been saying, Oh my God, like Josh Gooch mm -hmm. just recently got mm -hmm. a guitar that mm -hmm. we did for him. Uh -huh. He said, this is like the best teletone I've mm -hmm. ever gotten. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's hugest mm -hmm. compliment yeah. ever. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God. And he's playing it live on stage and he's starting to use it in, mm -hmm. in the studio. And, you know, it's like for people to love mm -hmm. him, you know, guys, one guy who's, I won't say his name because he's mm -hmm. like a really big deal and he's got an amazing studio uh -huh. and he, he bought one. Uh -huh. He's like, this is amazing. It's amazing. Everyone who plays it loves uh -huh. it. He just bought two more guitars mm -hmm. and he's just like, dude, these guitars are insane. Mm -hmm. They feel good. They sound good. They mm -hmm. record well. Mm -hmm. it's just like for someone to come back mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I've tried it. You know, maybe mm -hmm. I took a chance on you, mm -hmm. Gio, cause mm -hmm. I trust you and mm -hmm. I like you and mm -hmm. I like your amps. Mm -hmm. But for, for people to come back yeah. is like the hugest compliment. Mm -hmm. Oh you know? dude. I mean, what else do you want? You know? Yeah. And it's like, and you've adopted the same, like stand everything with the guitars. Cause again, you know, it's like when you told me, I was like, Oh, I'm going to build some tellies and stuff. I was like, <laughs> you and everybody else, you know? And then you showed me and I was just like, dude, you've, you've, it, it's really hard to reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it, it's impossible. Right. And it's just like, but also understanding, Oh, you're not trying to do that. You're just, it's like adding your flavor to, to this, right. you know, it's your version of, of whatever you're trying right. to, like the telly and it is so fucking badass man it's like Thanks, man. and i mean dude you know it's like dude, i mean as people know I mean, people that follow me it's like dude i'm i'm a fucking dick to <laughs> shitty company like dude i hate when 
I, you know, whatever, man. I don't have a problem with calling people out. And it's like, dude, I know we're friends, but like, I mean it, man. It's like, it's, it's pretty fucking cool that you've found your own voice yeah, in, in, in this building thing, man. And, and it's, that's it's really right, fucking hard, man. That's the key is the voice. You know, and it's like, so he's using reclaimed wood, same thing. Right. So that's and, a ma maple top and a pine body. Um, you can see the separation. Yeah. And it's like, Which it's is an interesting combination of woods. Dude, Not a ton of people no. use pine, although a lot of the early tellies uh -huh. were pine. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new book that was released, which you guys should all check out. It's called The Pine Caster. It's like five mm -hmm. volumes and videos, and, and it's the history of the the early Telecasters. It's called the Pinecaster. But a lot of those early ones were pine. Um, so I use a lot of pine because mm -hmm. it's more available. Mm -hmm. But using reclaimed wood, this this maple top is about at least 100 years old. Um, and it's and it's sustainable. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So you know, there's a whole world of information within wood, wood curing, mm -hmm. new wood versus old mm -hmm. wood instruments with old mm -hmm. wood old instruments all that but i mean kind of in a nutshell to yeah. be able to use old woods it's sustainable mm -hmm. and we're not we're not contributing to the clear cutting of, yeah. of forests that are yeah. out there that massive companies mm -hmm. are like every day mm -hmm. and some of them like taylor has a really cool little wing of their company yeah. where they're using like urban salvage or something i forget mm -hmm. what they call it but like trees that fall down in neighborhoods mm -hmm. they they put them somewhere yeah. and they're reusing like mm -hmm. local trees Mm -hmm. To make into guitars, which mm -hmm. is cool, but the massive part of their production, and most mm -hmm. big producers, they harvest trees, mm -hmm. they cut them, mm -hmm. they dry them, mm -hmm. they put them in ovens, mm -hmm. and then in some cases, the more expensive guitars mm -hmm. get the um, seasoning, mm -hmm. so they put them in like further, yeah. like a torrefied yeah, 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 wood yeah, yeah. and all yeah, that. Dude, trust me, I, I you know, they can, they can cut, they can cut a tree, yeah, and process it mm -hmm. and build it in a matter of like three or four months, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of our our guitars, the wood, by the time we get them and cut them, the wood's mm -hmm. already the tree was two or three hundred mm -hmm. years old. It had been cut a hundred mm -hmm. years ago. It was on the side of a barn. Mm -hmm. Grab mm -hmm. that body right there. This is like old barn siding. So this one's redwood body. It's a redwood body, which still has the the paint on it. One piece solid slab of redwood, probably Pacific Northwest. And then this is an ash top. There's the tone. <laughs> and then I filled the holes with epoxy and um, old coffee grounds. So that's coffee grounds and, uh, and epoxy. But, you know, it's also partially, you know, as interesting as I'm partially inspired by, I mean, I'm very inspired by Les Pauls. Yeah. Because Les Pauls are yeah. one of the great guitars, yeah. greatest guitars ever. Yeah. So Les Paul and Telecaster. Uh -huh. So Les Paul's always had a, a maple top mm -hmm. and a mahogany mm -hmm. body for the most mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. So I'm always interested in putting a harder wood on top, whether I hollow out the yeah. bottom or not. Yeah. And then a softer wood on the uh -huh. bottom <clears throat> of mahogany yeah. or pine or redwood. So they're combinations of wood yeah. and that top wood traditionally gave those, you know, those guitars mm -hmm. a bit more of an attack. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but then seeing the, the patina, on this wood, the way these, yeah. the way those old saws, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of times they had the saw yeah. on site yeah. <laughs> and they're building like a tobacco curing barn yeah. or hay barns, old barns that are still standing in some cases or just rotting. 
I have I get access to a lot of that old wood um, through certain salvage yards and basically completely reshape it and reuse it. But it's so hard and it's so old, it's never going to curve. And especially mm-hmm. for necks, we haven't yeah. done a lot of necks uh-huh. out yeah. of old wood. Uh-huh. We're starting to do more because yeah. I've had to experiment mm-hmm. with it. But necks are like amazing. When you get an old piece of hickory, like a baseball mm-hmm. bat, like Louisville mm-hmm. Sluggers, yeah, yeah, yeah. hickory, yeah. you know, and and um, maple and you know, traditional neck materials, taking an old fence post that's mm-hmm. 100, 200 years old mm-hmm. and slicing it and it doesn't twist, it mm-hmm. doesn't warp, it mm-hmm. doesn't bend. Mm-hmm. And you look down the, the line, it's straight as an arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like... <laughs> mm-hmm. it's Dude, crazy. I mean, like I said, man, it's like, you, you've... <laughs> You found a voice, man, and that's really hard. It's like, you know, as any builder out there knows, man, it's like, you know, it's tough, man, and and, yeah. and you're doing it, man. And you just, again, it just goes to show to your uh, your stubbornness, <laughs> your tenacity, and your just willingness to to experiment and, and try new things, man. Yeah, it's experimenting. Like, experimenting is the key. And I think for anyone, uh-huh. anyone who's watching, who's mm-hmm. who's doing something or trying to do something, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the keys is just finding your own voice mm-hmm. in it, you know? But how do you, you know? And that's the thing. It's just like, and I think that's the thing. It's Digging like deep, trying. using your intuition, you know, just seeing what inspires yeah. you. Yeah. Because honestly, I've had, over the years, I've had mm-hmm. a lot of people try to knock off mm-hmm. um, my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And in some cases we reach out mm-hmm. or we have someone else, you know, mm-hmm. reach out to people and say, Hey, you know, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot further in your career mm-hmm. if you do something unique because mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. already doing this. Yeah, yeah. And in most cases people, you know, respond mm-hmm. and, and they kind of change mm-hmm. their course a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think again, for anybody who's, who's out there, who's wanting to, to do something mm-hmm. unique, it's like, you just have to find your own voice within it, you know? Find your own shapes, find your own materials, find your own electronics combinations, mm-hmm. find your own thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> to, you know, to create your own voice. Because ultimately, if you could hang in there, mm-hmm. talking about longevity, mm-hmm. if you can hang in there, you know, it takes people years to absorb what you do and mm-hmm. appreciate what mm-hmm. you do and and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, if you can find your own voice and and uh, manage to survive, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> people will come around, you know, yeah, people will support you and people will buy your stuff you know dude that is fucking rad uh and 